Hey, y'all, you want to do a middle of the week uh, Robert Scabell show? Yes? Okay, we'll do it. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> uh, it's just you, me, and Super D. It's one of those days, so you never know where it's going to go today. It means that you guys can ask or ask questions or comment at robertscabell.com slash listen live chat room or on social media where we haven't been banned, and we might actually pay attention to you. We Actually, I try all the time. Uh, it doesn't work as well when uh, we're interviewing some folks, but let's do it. Anxiety screening, should it be routine in America? Do you think it would lead to healthier habits, more exercise, cleaner food, or yeah, you know what, you know what I'm saying here, where it's going to go. Uh, you, you know, that movie star guy, Woody Harrelson, good guy. He was on Bill Maher's podcast. What did he say about big pharma and big government? And he's coming from the left side of the political spectrum. So just want you to hear that. White House conference aiming to end hunger <laughs> and then the government's uh, recommendations on what to eat. Two incredible things here we're going to cover as well. Hey, you know what? Alzheimer's. It might not be a brain disease. In fact, this 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 story coming up, in a, it, just the whole show, Money Shot could be the, the Alzheimer's story in hour two. Another reason not to believe what the conventional belief is about a disease, any given disease particularly when it comes to the brain and nervous system. But yeah, we can go to heart disease as well. There's so much more that I want to talk to you about. We've got some video clips we'll play. We have a question of the day on synthetic vitamins and who knows what else. So I'm just giving you the chance to get everybody, call your friends, your family, get them around the whatever, and join us at robertscottbell.com slash listen. And let's get this healing party started right about now. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Well, just got in from the garden on the way to the show today, and I was munching on a bunch of wild, semi-wild raspberries. They're not so wild because I planted them <laughs> or moved them from one area to another, but boy, they're prolific in giving the goodness, the mineral goodness that those uh, fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables are giving you. Also, uh, pick some, actually my wife was out there. I'm, I'm the one picking out and eating all the uh, raspberries and she's picking some sweet peppers, some green beans, some tomatoes, different things like that. Some of them seed potted. And I thought maybe we could start today with a little bit of uh, sunshine brought into the studio with some imagery because I, I like sharing this because I'm not the expert gardener or farmer. Some of you look at me that way sometimes because I've been doing it now for a few years, but there's always somebody that's better than me or you or whatever. And that's a good thing. We want to learn from them, but it's also inspiring to see people like my humble and lovable producer, Super Don producing super tomatoes. And I don't know if he's doing that. Yeah, actually he's still got more tomatoes, but apparently the last one that he made or grew before he could even take a picture of it, his daughter grabbed it and took it. <laughs> so he doesn't have a picture today. I have to just take his word for it that it was really big and it was really good. It was. It was about the size of a softball. It was oh, no, maybe man. a baseball, not quite a softball, but uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was nice. It was the first Valencia uh, that we we've, we've had that's ripened up on the plant. Seriously, it's called. I, I think Valencia. I think of Valencia oranges. Is that? Am I wrong there? Is it tomato tomatoes? That's also a Valencia. Yeah. Okay. But um, so, yeah, it's it, it's like a yellow, yellow, orangish yellow uh, color. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, my daughter really likes tomatoes. Her and my, my daughter-in-law are big on tomatoes. And so, uh, I picked the tomato along with some other, they were like early girls that I put over on the counter. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
I went to go do something. I think I was working on something on the computer or something yeah. like that, like that. And they came in. You got any tomatoes? Snatched Ran it. in. And Riley's eating the pear tomatoes, and they're cutting up the the, the Valencia and putting a little bit of salt on it and eating it. And I got a slice. That's all I got out of it. But <laughs> the no pictures. It was good. It was good. All right. Well, I'm glad everybody's enjoying it. I just want to make sure you get some photos for everybody to enjoy as well. Uh, I sent you a couple. Do you have them, them to show? Just just what was a few minutes ago that was picked. So we we are officially, I think, right on the transition. The twenty second is it today? Yeah, or twenty first? Twenty first. And so that yep. means it is the day between summer and fall or autumn in the northern hemisphere. That means uh, from I uh, they think uh, from winter to spring in the southern hemisphere. But here we got some of the little cherry tomatoes that my wife really loves. Another funny-looking cucumber that looks more like a little round dollop of a cucumber. We got mm-hmm. three more beautiful red peppers with many more to go. And you see the green beans, are keep they keep being pro- producing. And there are some that we let go to seed, so they become more brown or dry. And those become the seed pods for next year or even in the greenhouses that we have mm. uh, to grow over the winter. So we cool. have that option as well. And there they are, just as they were being picked uh, right there, just put in a little uh, little container to grab it and bring it back in. Uh, so, look, it's just an abundant thing. Once you start growing, you realize, like Super Don does, hey, man, this is pretty cool. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> Don't mind yeah. if I do. I'm already already uh, planning ahead on you know what, what I've learned, what I've done wrong, uh-huh. and what I'm going to do differently next time around. Yeah. So I think I think next time around we'll probably do because um, I only use two of the three beds that I've got on the the one that I didn't use. Probably going to use that one for like carrots and potatoes. I think I'm going to try and start you know put them out. Um, and and I don't know if you can grow those together. Actually, that's, that's yeah. a good question. But if I can, that's what I was thinking yeah. about doing. All right. Well, I know that there are certain things that love to grow with or certain things like tomatoes and cucumbers do love to grow together. There is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, certain ones. There's a, like a chart I saw somewhere that says what you can grow. We went to a farmer's market on Sunday after uh, going to a service and I hadn't been out. Usually, you know, by the time Sundays, even Saturday, is, we, we've done our stuff for the weekend, the weekend, and we're like ready to just go back home and chill out. And yet to, that day we went out to a, a farmer's market and got Somebody had a beautiful orchard of organic peaches, and they brought it into the farmer's market. Uh, we didn't have, and I talked to them about it because I was so bummed about my peaches because we planted a little mini orchard in the spring, or actually late winter, early spring, to get started that these were mature enough smaller trees that would produce, would flower and produce, but we had a late freeze this time, and the pears survived it but none of the others that we were, were going. We did have some cherries, but not the Bing cherries. So I asked her, I was like, how did you survive the, the late uh, freeze? And she says, well, we have two varieties of peaches. One that's a, it's an early bloomer, another that's a later bloomer. So I, I should have gotten one that was a later bloomer, apparently. Or I got to find a way just in case that happens again, because I, I would really love to have my own peaches in my own backyard. That would be awesome, too. Mm-hmm. But we're enjoying them. Oh, and then we got a lot of blueberries from folks that are growing organic blueberries. And my, my daughter made the most killer organic blueberry sour cream pie. Holy tamole. It should, I mean, that's like one of those things that should be illegal. It was so good. <laughs> we nice. enjoyed that. So I, I don't know why we're opening up talking about food. I guess uh, it's just a lighter topic in the midst of all the other stuff that, that sometimes you, you cover and you go, gee, really, do we have to talk about that today? Honest? Come on, Super Don. Dad. Do we have to? Do we have to? Man. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Johnny's parents don't make him talk about that. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're talking about. It's like, let's not talk about those things. 
Well, I think when we talk about food, you hear the term, or yeah, the two words put together, food security, food security. Now, what is it about those two words that we never really thought about growing up? I mean, honestly, Super D, how often did you grow up? And we're you know close to the same age. I'm your senior, even though you're grandpa. But yes. I don't recall the words food and security put together much when we were growing up at all. No, not really. I mean, the first time that I can remember anything, because, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, government is coming to save everybody from being hungry, right? Yeah. Not, not that, you know, hunger isn't an issue, because it is. It's, it's a big problem. You know, but like anything else, the way you solve it is by figuring out what the root cause or the problem is, right? And it's not because the government isn't giving the people enough stuff, right? But do you remember back in back in during the world the, the Ronald Reagan uh, days that he gave away cheese to people? Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Remember the cheese? Yeah, the government cheese that you know that that Reagan uh, gave to people, and I, I just for whatever reason I remember that. Uh, but that, that was like the first time I remembered anything you know, along those lines where it was like, here, here's some cheese, you know, because, you know. you. I, I do remember back in elementary school, and I had a weird elementary school because it went from kindergarten to seventh grade. It was strange, K through seven. And then you went immediately to high school in eighth. That is and, different. Yeah, when so there wasn't any middle, middle school that I went to, which is seemingly more normal. But I remember we had like, I think they things like home economics even back then. And there were times where you were taken into the, the, the elementary school kitchen, you know, yeah, yeah. remember the, the kitchen ladies or what, what did we call them? Uh, at that point in time, we had na- you know, nicknames for everybody that worked there as kids and we got to see behind the ovens, all the things, but yeah, that's where I do remember the subsidized foodstuffs from government where mm-hmm. you'd see, you know, grade eight, big blocks of cheese, different things that they would send in. And then we would have, before we really knew about how horrible soy was, Apparently they were doing soy slash meat burgers way back when it was as already a filler. subsidized yeah, as a filler. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think thinking about food security, food security, no, none of that was part of our upbringing. And it was only more recently as we've seen the uh, attacks on supply chains, direct and indirect uh, reduction of availability uh, by direct attack or assault on farmers. Now we know that in the history of farming in the 20th century, there have been uh, cases where the government has tried to pay farmers not to produce certain things they're doing right. that now still. yeah and yeah. that's happening again and you know as we're talking and you can tell there's a thematic element here there's a number of stories that are talking about food and nutrition and what do we do about it and, and i think about looking to the government is the last place you want to have to look toward in an emergency in a crisis when you're hungry and i i think about all of the uh, the, the very real risks that have been uh, let's say uh, predicted a manifesting over this winter, maybe into the next season, as we see a supply chain disruptions attack on uh, oil as a, as a means by which we can produce energy, much less transport the food that is largely dependent upon oil for its growth. For those that uh, survive on commercially or conventionally grown or factory farm type uh, foodstuffs. And that has facilitated the growth of the global population to what, 7 billion plus. It's not because everybody's got a garden and it's all organic and non-GMO. So I acknowledge that the uh, technology and the so-called sciencing the you-know-what out of food has created more abundance of food to be able to feed more people, calories, certainly. Not necessarily it's rife with nutrients because we also see high levels of chronic disease in people that have plenty of food to eat uh, and, and even 
Well, I, I would say this o- o- obesity, even in areas where maybe they don't have as much to eat, but they are eating the factory farm kind of stuff that's creating a scenario where they're not healthy. They're not lean uh, like most people have been in the past. Like when I've traveled around the world, just thinking back to some of my travels around the planet when I was much younger or even in my early years as a homeopath, becoming more aware of body types and, and obesity and things like that. And when I went to equatorial regions around the world where they had an abundance of high fat foods, even they were not fat or obese, except in the areas where they had access to processed foods and fast foods. And that, that was changing the equation for what is a normal human body like now i also know that in certain cultures that there's been uh let's say i don't say an outright worship of but like the kings and queens the leaders that if they were rotund and big that was like the the sign of wealth and abundance for instance but not necessarily health either and so uh i look at food and we look at this first question on today's uh, in today's show notes and if you're not getting the robert scott bell show newsletter you could just text rsb to 22828 or just come on down to the website robertscottbell.com and sign up And you'll see a number of these stories that will appear in the newsletter before we even do our broadcast. And the first article from uh, NBC News is reporting that U.S. adults should get routine anxiety screening, routine anxiety screening. All U.S. adults should get routine, make it a routine that you get screened for anxiety. And, and so they're saying this is like an influential panel is recommending that primary care doctors screen all adults for anxiety. Now we've covered stories about this regarding young people, kids, screening kids for for anxiety, depression, etc. But if you if you think this is going to address the underlying cause, and, and I tie in the food to anxiety as well, because the things that are in the food that's not organic, excitotoxins, uh, the things that are devoid of minerals, that can also exacerbate pre-existing anxieties or anxieties induced by government. Uh, behaviors. And that's the irony here is the the government or government panels are saying, hey, we should uh, screen everybody for anxiety. We'll find out what the uh, solutions to that will be. But first, if you don't believe me, as I'm saying, if you don't believe by what you're seeing in front of your eyes, Superdon's got a clip to share with you right about now. The silent suffering of anxiety could be a thing of the past. According to the latest draft recommendation by the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, routine screenings are considered beneficial for adults under 65, including pregnant and postpartum women without any symptoms. What they're recommending now is a great thing because it'll let doctors open up the conversation, and hopefully from there, they'll be able to diagnose more and treat more. Uh, all of that was self-contained there, Super Don. All of the answers to what they're really trying to do. We want to diagnose and we want to treat. Man, they t- they did they like take all the they did all the work for us there in that clip. Um, it revealed off, everything right there. It's kind of first a off, public. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, with or without any symptoms, so you may not have yeah. any symptoms of anxiety, but we're going to screen you for anxiety. Huh. I, have you heard uh, man, I just there are just red flags everywhere. flying out from every direction on this thing. Red flags flying out the government's butt. Oh, super deep. Without, what, with or without any symptoms. Yeah, what's another way of saying no symptoms? What's another Asymptomatic. Way yeah, exactly. And how many times did we hear in COVID? Asymptomatic. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even think about it. Are you saying that we're gonna see the uh, we're gonna see a an explosion, an epidemic 
of asymptomatic anxiety? Absolutely. You know. Oh my god. You know, you know how they're gonna diagnose it? No. You know, you know how they're gonna diagnose it, Super Don? Get re- get ready. <sighs> get ready for anxiety PCR test. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna detect fragments of genetic material oh. from unknown sources that we will match up in a government database. Maybe it's not from Wuhan, China. Maybe it's from Shanghai, for all I know. And we're going to match it, and we're going to run it to 35 cycle count thresholds, and it's obvious you are you have anxiety. But, Doc, honestly, I have no symptom. No, look, the PCR test is clear that you have anxiety. And now we're going to have to quarantine you because we found that it's communicable. Oh, definitely. But, Doc, I don't even have any symptoms. I know you don't have any symptoms, but you don't have to have symptoms. All you need to do is test positive on a PCR Okay, that's funny. But of course, that's not really going to happen because there's, you know, here's the thing. How do you test somebody for anxiety? It's not like a blood test or that you have, you know, whatever. No hair analysis, no urine analysis. How are you feeling today? Well, you know, I've got an, I've got a fine, it's finals week Uh and I've got a major test I got to do on Friday. I'm feeling kind of, you've got anxiety. Mm -hmm. How about postpartum? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That is a th- depression, right? Sure. And and yes, is that is that yeah? That's that's a real thing. But is it a drug deficiency or is it a mineral deficiency? You know what? It depends on what doctor you have, and that's exactly. the problem, right? So, U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommending anxiety screening in primary care for adults without symptoms. It's right there, folks. Everything is asymptomatic. If they can trick you into taking a test, they can claim you have something that you clearly have no symptoms of, but it doesn't matter as long as they can trap you via their subjective tests. And let's be honest about PCR. They are also subjective. Despite people saying, no, 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 it's definitive. Really? Have you ever double-blind placebo tested those tests to definitively determine the, you know, the results are accurate, what you claim them to be? No. So don't tell me it's a definitive test until you prove it, and you haven't. I like this related video in the article here, right? Mm -hmm. Climate Climate anxiety is becoming the next mental health crisis in America's utes. Yeah. Every time you look out, you see weather. Oh, man, I feel... Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. My teacher told me that this and that and whatever is going to happen, that we only have 10 years before we're all going to die. Climate anxiety, it, you know, you're not going to survive if you're that weak and, and, and just susceptible and vulnerable to the suggestions. As you said, the people that are so woke that they get offended by anything that I would say or you would say, in a hard pause, let's just call it that, in terms of delivery of food just in time, delivery of energy that could be affordable to heat your home or cool your home, depending on what season it is. These people do not survive because they don't understand what's really important about life. And it isn't about worrying about whether you are offended by something someone else says or thinks or what you believe they said or believe they think. It's so much deeper than that. And and that level of true anxiety might be arguably a real problem, a real crisis. But I would also argue that those people don't suffer from SSRI uh, drug deficiencies either, that there's something else going on. And that includes... um, psychosis that is induced by the very teachers and lecturers and or professors that they have in high school, grade school, or particularly in a university level where you can't help them anymore. Let's see. Uh, maybe we're wrong about this. Uh, let's check out what this draft recommendation is indicating. You have another video clip there, Super D? 
Now, this draft recommendation is still in progress. It's not final yet. Right now, it's at the stage where it's open for public comment through October 17th. It is expected to get affirmed. One thing, guys, that I found really interesting, there's a study attached to this cited by the authors that the average amount of time for someone to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder is about 23 years, which is to say people are living with for years or for decades with a disorder that's not Mm -hmm. actually being diagnosed and why there's so much attention on it. I think Mm -hmm. because a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, of course I'm anxious. Everybody's anxious. And they don't recognize that for some people, it can be far more than just the general anxiety. And the pandemic obviously heightened it for so many folks as well. Dialed up to such a degree. All right. Government induced anxiety. There you go. Isn't that an interesting comment there right at the end? The pandemic. Right. We were just talking about climate anxiety. Right. Now Mm -hmm. we're talking about the pandemic anxiety. There are a lot of people that are dealing with anxiety now. Yeah. That didn't have anxiety before. The question is, is it justified? Well, and, and is the diagnosis justified that leads to what? Diagnosis and treatment. Diagnosis and treatment. These are the exclusive domains of licensed physicians, medical doctors primarily. They are licensed to diagnose disease. If you're a homeopath like me, you're not licensed in most cases to diagnose anything. So we don't tend to use those terms in that regard, nor would I accept the license if it were offered or even required. I'd say, "Uh uh-uh, sorry, no, I'm not under your jurisdiction because you're an idiot, the people that license you, in a sense. And in this case, diagnosis is, again, a specific monopoly practice that leads to the prescription of a toxic medication for which you have no deficiency. Now, I can acknowledge that there are certain, certainly botanical remedies. There are certain minerals, amino acids, essential fats. There are even homeopathic remedies that are indicated for when, let's say, symptoms appear. But doing those things is not the same thing as altering brain chemistry via selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs, for instance, SSRIs or anti-anxiety or anxiolytic drugs and or the children version of the Ritalin where they give you methylphenidate to destroy the nerve endings, if you will, of the, of the brain that's firing off because of all these excitotoxins and heavy metals and other things and sugar, et cetera. And then they, they basically destroy the nerves and the brain through hyperstimulating it to the point of like, you become like Jack Nicholson at the end of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Without a lobotomy, you're chemically lobotomized. You're made, oh, passive. Oh, look at Johnny. He's sitting in his chair quietly for eight hours and not causing a disturbance because you've medicated him out of any potential to reach his potential. The the pharmacological view of anxiety, depression, all these emotional so-called manifestations or symptoms, or now asymptomatic emotions, (laughs) You don't even have them for 23 years. It took us 23 years to diagnose you with something we say you had, even though you might not have had it and what it is. We don't have a test for, but Hey, here's a drug here is another drug. How about 10 drugs? We have become so weak mentally, emotionally, and physically that we would even accept that a government panel like the U S preventive services task force would say we must now engage in screening all adults in the U.S. because they may have asymptomatic anxiety for which there needs to be a what? A drug that doesn't have an indication or is not correlated with any symptom because the symptom isn't there just in case, well, maybe we can interpret a thought, a feeling, a momentary, 
I don't know, emotion that you felt one day as a severe diagnosis that requires a prescription pad. And if we go down the digital ID route, you'll recognize the licensed physicians and nurses that fall under licensure will be part of that system where all records are, are made digital if they aren't already tied to a digital identifier, unique biometrics or otherwise, social security number, whatever it might be. And then suddenly you've been screened and one of those licensed physicians or nurses says, hey, it looks like you got one aspect of this asymptomatic anxiety. Therefore, you must go on this medication. And by the way, we've got the medication tracked to your digital identification. We know if you don't fulfill that prescription. In fact, we track it in the pill itself. Remember, we've covered stories like this over the years. We can track whether you've ingested it or not. Yep. You haven't taken your medication, Mr. Superdon. We're coming for you or we're shutting down your ability to go get groceries or leave on and on. This goes. And then you want to talk about genuine anxiety and depression that was brought on because we refused to stand up against bullies of the global medical police state encroaching upon us as children or as children today, more so than ever. But now they don't want to leave us adults out in the cold, so to speak. We want to screen you all for anxiety as well. So what do y'all think about this? Are you going to subject yourself to such? Do you, do you even have a doctor? Because that's the next phase of this. When you realize that going to a licensed physician ties you in to so much violation, so many violations of your right to privacy, and they always say, HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA. Well, how, how did HIPAA do during the scamdemic? When everybody was asked about their medical history, we need to see an ID. Have you gotten the jab? Was none of your damn business. Well, it is if you want to come in here, if you want to come to work, on and on it goes. So the idea of privacy is thrown out in a digital economy. Yesterday, we had Clay Clark on, and he brought out uh, to our attention uh, some serious issues with uh, Biden's latest executive order that supposedly kicks in in December of this year to create the digital dollar to track every bit of your ability to spend because it's like crypto, but it's tied to you. Now, they can't get her done. Honestly, unless you accept digital ID, but let's listen, 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 real ID, which I warned you about many, many years ago now is that incremental step toward digitizing your existence, reducing your existence to that, which they can track own and control that you thought, well, Orwell had it right. Well, he only had it partly right because he didn't realize how intricate and how intimate the, the technology would be in interfacing with your very movement, thoughts, actions, even though there's a lot about that, but we've gone a lot further already. The technology to do this is already here. So the question of, do you have a doctor? If your answer is yes, you might want to think, Hmm, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should find a healthcare provider that is not licensed by the state, that is not beholden to the digital tracking of information that is collected and collated and entered into a central database that will be, be tied to your digital ID, real ID, social security number, et cetera. Because you do not want to be controlled by them. They will make you hungry enough to do things that no normal human would ever do. Now, whether that's done through, uh, let's say, government fiat and digitization or whether it's done through the destruction of collectivist economies in socialism and communism, 
where the entire system is so bankrupt and can't sustain itself without artificial influx. We do have a lot of that here in America today as well, that you get so hungry because of government policies, but it isn't tied to a digital ID. It's simply that there's nothing to eat. And you heard the stories in Venezuela most recently about their downturn in terms of full-on socialism and what it led to. Of course, corruption at the top, the top leaders are eating anything they want. The peasants are basically eating their cats and dogs and hamsters and whatever else they can get. And all of these things point to what? Government being the primary mechanism by which this is instituted. It's enough to give you anxiety, isn't it? Oh, no, we're back to that. And now you're going to get on a government-approved prescribed medication to drive you further and further from reality and more and more into chemical and economic slavery. Yeah, that, that's enough to get you anxious. I understand that. But the choice, the choice to participate or not to is still yours. And I hear you, I hear, oh, Robert, no, 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 I can't, I can't not participate because what would happen then? Well, yeah, what would happen then? Start asking that question and start going down that rabbit trail to figure out that what would happen then is that they no longer have control over you. But it does mean something different in the way you go about your life and your existence. It means you can't lazily float down the government river and expect that as you float down, magic stuff appears to feed you to give you money, to clothe you, to house you along the road. It's like, no, sorry, that, that's not happening. We have enough examples in history, recent history, to know that that's not the path to go down. Self-sufficiency, the ability to care for yourself, your family, and only then can you care for others is a different path. And that's not filled with trepidation and anxiety, except that maybe you don't know how to do those things. But that's part of our discussion here as we go on through the the years of the Robert Scott Bell show primarily started in terms of health and healing and expanding into other aspects of politics, economics, um, and growing a food, of course, becoming dependent. No, we were already dependent becoming independent. Now, I think that, uh, this, this would <clears throat> have a, uh, a real common ground scenario between people on the left politically and the right politically, even though the leftists have gravitated more toward big government solutions, but Hey, look, let's be honest about the Republicans when they were in charge, government grew under their watch too. So I'm not under any delusion that the Republicans are pure as driven snow. We do acknowledge that there may be younger people coming into the parties to try and make changes from within. Okay. I'm not denying that, but you got people like Woody Harrelson who has been a man that has, from what I've followed in his career, and I haven't met him personally, I know personally people that have know him, know him and work with him, and he's a man of great integrity. He lives what he believes. He's very organic and non-GMO and sees through this. He was on Bill Maher's uh, podcast recently. And, oh, man, it's the Twitterverse. Everything's up in arms. Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson, remember he was in Cheers, and he's been in a lot of movies over the years. They're up in arms over Woody Harrelson because they know he leans left politically. But at the same time, what has he said in this interview? He says the last people he would trust with his health is big pharma and big government. And Bill Maher, over the years where we've agreed with him more than not, is when he's talked about big pharma particularly. Sometimes he seems to have a blind spot on big government, but it seems like Woody Harrelson is 
disabusing him of that if he has any of that still left in him. He says, like most Americans would not normally trust the government with helping them, uh, Harrelson replied to a question from Bill Maher. I think this is, uh, this is in process. Yeah. Uh, like, what does government actually do to help you? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because people that are looking for the government to do everything for them, typically on the political left. Typically. But Woody says they help big corporations, industries, all the people that got those, those people into Congress or ultimately to become president, he added. Those people all got to get taken care of. This sounds a lot like our favorite comedian, Super Don, doesn't it? Going back. George Carlin. George Carlin, right? Yeah. Very much. And Carlin skewered everybody, right, left. It didn't matter. It wasn't about the dialectic with George Carlin. He'd call them all out. Then Bill Maher says that Americans don't trust the CDC. We have the polling on this. I'm like wondering if, if, if that's true or not. Because they still fall in line with a lot of the CDC edicts, even when they lie. He says, okay, so here's the CDC promoting that we have to do all these things. I think Woody Harrelson says. And Woody doesn't like profiteering in war. Think of the billions of dollars, though, that have gone to big pharma. And remember, the welfare state and the warfare state are two sides of the same coin. They're both welfare. It's just a preferred welfare for those on the right, but also now on the left who have been pro, more pro-war than many on the political right at this point. So back to Woody Harrelson's uh, comment here. Back to my original point, he says, the last people I would trust with my health is big farm and big government because neither one of those strike me as caring entities. They're all about profit. They're all about profit. It's obscene, the profit that they've made. Now, here's where we could get into some discussion about the issue of profit. And I would say to Woody Harrelson, is profit the evil part of this? Or is it how they gain their profit through illicit, what we call them ill-gotten gains through the welfare warfare state where it's stolen from the average taxpayer, redistributed to certain groups that have garnered favor, either through lobbying or because they know that if they give money to those groups, they will, those votes they bought will come back and keep that gravy train rolling. And oftentimes there's been a, uh, let's say a blind spot on the political left about that, that same thing that you love welfare for people is the same money that's used as welfare for warfare or other corporate welfare. Corporatism, Ron Paul used to say. And I think we have to, we have to mature as a population, and, and particularly in the political population, to recognize that those are two sides of the same coin. The welfare warfare state. They don't exist. One doesn't exist without the other because the parties play one against the other to maintain the gravy chain rolling. So they keep coming in and they keep having a boogeyman to fight against. And you keep throwing your investment, your money at politicians. You think they're going to be the ones to change it this time, this time, this time it's going to be different. Profit is not the problem. Working hard, gaining something that you have to benefit you or others via charity because you have more than you perhaps need. And you say, hey, I'd love to help somebody out. And everybody in this audience, you know what I'm talking about. Even many of you who don't have a lot extra have found a way to be charitable, whether it be giving up some of your time and service and help or even to reach in your pocket for money you almost don't have just to give a little bit to someone who, who you perceive needs it more, not because the government says so. All of these things have been usurped by government so that the people, the good people that like you all want to help people realize you have far less to, to have to help 
people with, much less yourself. And if they succeed in destroying supply chains, if they succeed in destroying the oil industry as it exists today, you want to talk about starvation, mass starvation, mass anxiety, all of this induced by government actions that are induced by what? Corporate interests, globalist interests that have purchased the influence of those in government to do their bidding. So Woody Harrelson, again, props to Woody and others that see through pretty much both sides of the Hegelian dialectic at this point, big pharma and big government. I just nuanced the idea of profit being evil because if you want to work hard and gain something from your efforts, they call it profit. Although when it comes to working and exchanging your time, energy, and efforts for some kind of monetary gain, is it really profit or is it a wash? Have you traded an equal amount of your time, energy, and, and intelligence for something that has been given to you? And I would ask you, where is really the profit in that? You might call it gross income, but net income, is there any income after that profit? Or what is it, uh, profit or gain severed from capital? I, I apologize, I'm getting into economic stuff right now, but I just want to tie it all together into the energy realm. I like Mar. I don't like everything he says. I don't agree with everything he says, but Mar has been right about big pharma. Sometimes, as I said, blind spot about big government. Woody Harrelson comes in and ties them together. Good job, Woody. I'd love to get him on the show. He, I, I, I believe he's a really a great, a great guy, great integrity in Woody Harrelson. I didn't watch the clips. I just see the, uh, the quotes coming from this uh, Bill Maher uh, podcast beyond what he does on HBO, on the show on HBO. All right, Super D, you, you want to add anything? Out? They even went into ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, uh, just all the things that got us banned on YouTube and and Spotify. And, you know, Mar and Woody Harrelson can go on and on about it. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, I would have loved to have played some of that, but I have a feeling that it probably would not have ended well if I had. Mm. We had a bad experience with Bill Maher's stuff once before. Yeah, well, particularly yeah. as it appears on HBO. I don't know if his yeah. podcast audio would be different or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I but don't we don't want to risk it. I don't take my chances most so, of the time. So, uh, Super D, monitor the, uh, the the chat room just in case there's any comments or questions I miss as I'm just kind of streaming consciousness today on this because the things that you're bringing about in this first hour, there's a thematic uh, cord running through it all, including the, the next story. Yeah, we're going to get to this in a moment about the White okay. House conference aiming to end hunger. Mm -hmm. our national strategy we'll get to that but i want to say thank you to our friends at orange guard once again remind you especially new folks that don't know about it orange guard is a pesticide yes epa registered but it is safe it's so safe i even drank some on the air unlike the people that pro pro proclaim glyphosate is safe and you say here drink it then they won't drink it because they know how dangerous it is how toxic it is toxic it is this is uh from delimiting the orange peel and you can get it at your local Ace Hardware, your Whole Foods, or direct at orangeguard.com. Take a picture when you get the bottle. Send it into Super Don. Ask RSB at Gmail. We're looking for your pictures to add to the collage. And then we're going to do a giveaway. It might be some more Orange Guard. It might be something else. But take the moment to do it. It's that easy. Picture. It's worth maybe a super bonus gift. So send those pictures into Super Don. Now, we we're talking about you anxiety. You may even win Robert's Yes shirt. Wouldn't that be nice? I am not giving away my Just take the yes shirt, shirt off his back. Why would you want to do that? Why? Why would you even say that? <laughs> I'll give you the shirt off my back, but I like the Yes shirt. Not the Yes shirt. Okay. I'm All a big right. fan. I like the Yes shirt. And All thank right. you, Kevin, for sending me that. Um, oh, anxiety. Let me just remind you, folks. We've got certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD. 
Talk about anti-anxiolytic. How about that? Certified organic, U.S. grown, pure, clean, third-party validated, verified, all of that. And you go to cbdnf.com, sign up to become a customer. You can always use the code RSB15 to get 15% off. They will, if you're first time trying it, and you mentioned the Robert Scott Bell Show, they'll send you a goodie bag. You can also take pictures with your goodie bag of samples and send that into Superdon as well, the pictures, and we'll add to the uh, collage as well. Ask RSB at gmail.com. And what else do I want to mention here? Oh, yeah, tomorrow I got to head out to the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. Looking forward to seeing all my Health Freedom Warriors friends from all over the world uh, reunite and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful two-day intensive uh, plan, planning sessions, strategy sessions, acknowledge and honoring those who have done great work and also learning from their great work and applying it in different ways, unique to each and every area or state. And uh, if any Canadians can make it down, would love to see you as well. I feel so, so bad for our good Canadian brothers and sisters under the tyranny that they've been witnessing under the Trudeau regime. And I've been seeing more and more of hashtag Trudeau must go. People that were formerly full on pro vaccine or may still be to some degree saying, you know what? I did this. I did this. I got the shot. And I believe and I believe this now. And Trudeau thinks I'm, a, you know, like a domestic terrorist or something. And they all say, hashtag Trudeau must go. And I'm did seeing you, a lot of those tweets. Did you see there was something about Trudeau? It was like during the, the, the Queen's funeral or whatever. He was like singing Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that by Queen. Did you, did you see anything about no, that? No, I heard mention of that, but I didn't see anything <laughs> like that. I, I didn't read it in detail either, but yeah. I, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. You don't want to mm. mess around with doing anything disrespectful to the queen when you're the prime minister of Canada, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking in the chat room, actually. Hey, Michael Bolden, 10th Amendment Center, my buddy is there. THX 1138, that was George Lucas's film, his first film, I think. He said the film was prophetic as far as what we're seeing today as well. Sherry Neal says, hasn't seen a medical doc in over 12 years. That's what I'm talking about. The more you can avoid medical doctors, the healthier you will be. And I, I know we've got medical doctors in this audience, and I'm not talking typically about them. If they're part of this audience, they know what I'm talking about. And they would say, yes, avoid medical doctors too. So just so you think I'm picking on doctors. I hate doctors. This isn't about that. It's about their training. It's also about the limitations placed upon them by their license. And if we don't end licensure, then at least we've got to stop working with those professions that are licensed and find a way through private membership associations, PMAs to get outside of the public domain so that you can engage in your God given rights to work and apply a trade that is not controlled and owned by government or those who lobbied government to make a monopoly. You know, that's what licensure grants monopoly status to particular economic entities. And look at medicine as an economic entity. It, it is not, a method of healing per se. By definition, it tries to poison you back to health or cut you back to health and all of those. And there may be appropriate reasons and places and times to poison you and cut on you. But those are acute interventions for life-saving means like triaging warfare type scenarios, getting hit by a bus, that kind of thing. Applying it everywhere and making the monopoly status so that nobody else can compete, that has destroyed our ability to be well. And that comes back to the story of nutrition as well. The White House conference that is aiming to end hunger. I thought they had didn't they have the war on poverty, Great Society, Great Society 2, and all these wars on now. People are hungry. Well, if you'd stop attacking farmers, 
if you'd stop the attack on oil, not that I'm a big fan of petrochemicals used in, in agriculture, but I recognize that's the reason why we have the population explosion. We do. If you believe in defense of life, do you want to starve them? Look at Sri Lanka. What happened? So food security advocates of the U S want an assortment. Oh, that's great. And not just one federal agency, an assortment of federal agencies. That's like now an assorted flavors. How about some lucky charms? We'll get there. They want to coordinate a national response because that's the only way we can get anything done. Centralize your bureaucracies, give them more money, give them more power. They will solve all of our problems, including hunger, because Lord knows, you know, in the district of criminals, all they're going to do is grow food for all of us, right? On the White House lawn, around that, uh, you know, that reflection pool along the way to the Washington Monument, they're going to turn all of that into farmland and feed everybody. So yeah, let's let's coordinate all of the federal agencies' response that eliminates the root cause of a basic problem that affects health of millions of people. That is hunger? Is it hunger? Is it nutrition? 50 years, they've already been doing it. They're aiming to take concrete steps, as they say. Yeah, concrete's a great growing medium, by the way. You might see a weed or two that might be beneficial for you, but that's not the best place in a way to grow food and concrete. They want to take concrete steps toward creating a national strategy to end hunger. And it's not about what you and I know to do. You know how we end hunger? Remember Sam Kinison? The great comedian Sam Kinison talking about people starving in the desert? <laughs> My favorite bit by him. Absolute yes. favorite I wish we could bit play that, that he's ever done. Dude. <laughs> you're in the that's desert! So funny. Yes. You can't grow food in the desert! That's right. Get them out of the desert! Go so where the food is! Yeah, yeah. So go where the food is. And of course, the food is not at, in any within any of the government agencies. It's only what they can steal from people who grow food. Well, you know, it's you know, I, I mean, I'm looking at because you know, in the beginning of this article, they say, "Oh, we're going to address the root problems." Yes, right. And I'm like, what okay, so what are the root problems point? exactly? Yeah. Then they go on talking about how back in the Nixon era, when they had the first, they did the first thing, you know, the, let's get together and have this this thing. Yeah. They uh, they created nutrition labels, which I guess weren't a thing. Yeah, because um, nobody nobody knew how to eat before there were guidelines from the government. Nobody knew how to pick out something from a grocery store without nutrition labels. Remember, oh, it's all about labeling. If we can label labels, people, we can solve yes. it. So the root cause of the problem, Super Don, according to them, is like, well, it's labels. We just got to well, nationalize the labels, which they've done many times. Which they've done. Revi- no, they said they, they, in the, the, the uh, 50 years ago, they also came up with the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I mean, in some ways, when you look at the Dietary Guidelines, they're kind of, it's kind of like, okay, you need to eat meat and dairy. You know, what do we got? Remember, we had the food pyramid, right? The guidelines we were, were not based on any scientific understanding of nutrition. Not really. And it, were, most of it was wrong, you know? Yeah, they were based uh, on who lobbied to get promoted, who was going to then be subsidized because of the lobbying, the money that flowed in. And the school breakfast program, the WIC program, look at the foodstuffs that they promote. Chemically grown and processed GMO foodstuffs. More obesity, more diabetes, if you want to call that diabetes, etc. Yes, the government will solve it this time. We, we got it wrong 50 years for 50 years. We've gotten it wrong. This time we're going to get it right. Just come on this White House conference. It's 2022. We've learned our lesson. We're going to tell you how we can get to the root cause of the problem of hunger and malnutrition. And so much of this is gobbledygook. 
Yeah. I mean, it so is, and it goes right along with what it is that I I have my, one of my more recent rants mm-hmm. that I can't seem to get away from periodically <laughs> on this show. Yeah. Which is where, you know, they come out, we have this great program and this bill and it's going to, you know, blah, 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 blah yada, yada, yada. And it's a whole bunch of nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of big words. And, yep. and, and you know, like here they're saying uh, they're going to be refreshing school meal standards while supporting and incentivizing schools that pursue nutritious improvements. Yeah. What does that mean? It means we will give you more subsidized foodstuffs if you just they want we're telling additional you funding. Mm-hmm. The USDA uh, announced last week that it will provide almost $2 billion in additional funding to school meal programs and food banks for purchasing foods grown in America. So they throw in the grown in America thing, which is good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with grown in America. Mm-hmm. But what is it they're going I mean, what are they going to achieve when they can buy a third of the amount of food that they could buy with the budget they, would, they just got approved for this year? Why don't you teach people to grow food? Thank you. Exactly. Doesn't that seem like the most obvious of obvious? If we want to get the why don't we loosen cause- restrictions in these neighborhoods that are mm-hmm. blocking people from growing food in their yards, mm-hmm. and say, hey, but is food that a security. national issue? Is that a national issue? It I could mean, yes, be. You could have a no. You could do a bully pulpit scenario. Well, that's <laughs> true. I suppose it would be a state's issue. Yeah, or, or a even a community issue. local issue, homeless owners but association it, issue. But wouldn't it be nice, Super D, if you had, let's say, for those that still look at the president? to say anything the president of the united states says you know what we got a food crisis food insecurity issue here here's what we're going to do and i'm not even talking about all the money they could redirect that's because i'm not into that but i just want to say here's what you do everybody just like you know world war ii victory gardens how about how about 21st century liberty gardens we want we want freedom we want abundance everybody grow food and how fast would a bully pulpit like that transform people's thoughts because there's still worship full of government and people in it. I, how, how about a program that would would um, provide some sort of incentive for people to get to know mm-hmm. their local farmers and their local ranchers? What incentive would that be? I call that hunger. Well, that is one incentive for sure. Yeah. Well, that's but one look, motivation anyway. But so, but, um, so let's look at the solution that government proffers already. Next no, article. Okay. In the show notes at robertscottbell.com, 21st September, 2022, the bridge from summer to fall. Everybody realize we're at the equinox. Can a, you can, you can uh, put an egg on your head. It won't fall off, apparently, something like that. <laughs> White House Nutrition Advisor creates a food compass. And that food compass has a kind of a, you know, that magnetic it's, true it's north. It's broken. Kind of it's a broken compass. It's very broken. It's government. <laughs> Because it promotes things like Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Yeah. Joe Biden's latest appointee to nutrition advisor is Dr. Dariush Mazafarian. Wow. And no, he's not Rastafarian or we'd be eating weed, which would be healthier than what they're promoting. He helped put together a food compass, and it has a score, each food from 1 to 100, 1 being the worst, 100 being the best. And this was published in Nature Journal. And guess what? Corn syrup is A-OK. Toxic food dyes, carcinogenic as they are, A-OK. Now, they did scale, uh, uh, let's say, watermelon scored 100. Kale, which should not be scoring 100, is scored 100. Yeah. But guess what else scored pretty high in the recommended rankings? Frosted, oh, frosted mini-wheats. mini-wheats. <laughs> and yes, 
Lucky Charms. Hey. Over other foods like chicken, yogurt, millet. Lucky eggs, Charms was higher than chicken? Yeah. And eggs? Yeah. Honey and Nut pineapple? Cheerios had a 76. Ground so beef was again, way at the bottom of the chart Yeah. to be minimized, it says. Yeah. Once again, Lucky we charms. have a promotion by government in solving the root cause of what ails us by promoting the things that cause the ailments. <laughs> that then go, hey, we, we ought to have go- government ought to do something about this. Well, yeah, it already did. It drove us into hunger. It drove us into deficiency. And of course, that drives us right back into the arms of licensed medical professionals who learn very little or, or nothing about nutrition to provide for you substances that have no nutrient value, even less so than Lucky Charms in reality, but very harmful to you because there's no basis for a deficiency of synthetic chemicals approved by the Fear and Death Administration as drugs. So, Pretty yeah, amazing. so this guy, this Darius Pastafarian guy, <laughs> yes. uh, apparently he is going to be a part of and presenting at this uh, White House conference. Yeah. The Lucky Charms guy. Will he, will he come dressed up like a leprechaun, I wonder? Yeah. So, Super D, we, we grew up in the era of, you know, if I say Frosted Lucky Charms, what do you say? Come on. If I say Frosted Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious? Yeah, exactly. We know oh, all okay. of the Thank slogans. You. I, had, I, know, had to th- I had to think for just yeah, a second. Sorry. We, we know all of the slogans that <laughs> drove all of us kids into eating those horrible, sugary, colored artificially breakfast cereal i am of that generation this is why i was sick for zero to 24 years what was your favorite uh, cereal when you were a kid oh frosted flakes you like frosted flakes frosted flakes like it would turn the milk to syrup it was so sweet it was like diabetes in an iv just i liked i liked cocoa puffs because it made it chocolate milk chocolatey yeah yeah Remember? i wasn't as much into chocolate but man the yeah. sugar of frosted flakes they're great right yes and it's like you wonder why we're all uh, in school and then <laughs> crashed out at 10 in the morning yeah you're like what happened to the kids bouncing off the the, the walls with energy and then pff, passed out and then because you love frosted flakes did you did you you must have experienced one of those times when somebody gave you just regular cornflakes oh horrible. and you're like yeah, what is this it's awful you grab the sugar and pour the sugar on, yeah. on the on the cornflakes right refined sugar right on it and it was okay again <laughs> remember that so our taste buds were so warped and this was before the era of a lot of gmos even uh, and corn syrup. Corn syrup came quarter, sort of later into the mix. We were actually eating real sugar, although it was refined, True. which was yep. dangerous. It lacked the chromium and the minerals that made it possible for us to even deal with the sugars. So whether we went to obesity or diabetes or, in my case, severe hypoglycemia, all of these things approved by government. At what point, folks, do you go, every time the government says it's going to do something for our benefit, you, you immediately say, no, <laughs> sorry, not happening. Knock yourself out, but I will not participate any longer. I just ask the question again and again and again because we have so many reasons to want to engage and say, yes, the government can save us, can solve our problems. There are still people out there that believe that. Again, coming back to Woody Harrelson, this is where I see the political left and people on the right could come together and go, you know what? We align here. Government is making things worse. Much, much worse. As our founders had said throughout history. And they are literally invested in, if not outright killing you, at the very least, 
debilitating you to the point where most of your money is transferred via modern medicine to the pharmaceutical industrial complex, which then funnels that money back into your government, you think is your government, and the oligarchy for which it stands to regulate freedom out of existence. To convince you that the only way out of this mess is more government, bigger government, more medicine, bigger medicine, more science, more Fauci's, more Walensky's, more Fauci's. No, come on. That worship must end. Now, I'm not one that, you know, uh, immediately jumps to violence in, in response to these things, but recognize that they need to understand your resolve because they are engaging in violence and physically harming you, much less emotionally. We talked about the pandemic, scamdemic, what they did, rather than allowing for a, a, a completely uh, decentralized response and allowing and listening to doctors of all kinds and what they were saying was succeeding. Instead, it was a top-down approach based on who owns and controls government and shutting down anybody who had innovation that actually was succeeding in saving lives, preventing illness, ailments, and death. And we move forward into the next phase, whether it be Biden, whether it be Trump, whether it be DeSantis or whoever, and we must recognize no matter what they say, whether we believe them or not, whether they believe themselves or not, that you know, that I know, that the solution to all the things that ail us are certainly not to centralize more power where innovation is stifled, where ownership and control is easily maintained, gained and maintained, because it's easier to buy off one entity than it is a million of them. That's why America is number one on the hit list. If we destroy the integrity of what made America extraordinary in terms of acknowledgement of individual liberty and the protection of that, then where do you, you know, so you, where do you run to at that point? Where do you go? If you recognize that the greatest things that have happened are because of that, rather than the, let's say, the alienation of those of us who believe in individual liberty, who support individual uh, freedom, ideas, innovations, even if things we don't agree with, that we support freedom. Because for me, you've, seen, you've already said, my default setting is freedom, or freedom is my default setting. How do we get more people there to recognize that's what solves all the things that ail us? Artificial induction of disease, artificial induction of hunger, malnutrition, all ushered in and rushed into existence because of centralizing of power, because of government, because of bureaucracies, because of the centralization and monopolization on health or health care or what they call public health. Resolving this is not by going to the same entities and asking them to fix it. It's by reducing your vulnerability to those entities, reducing their power by no longer contributing to them because all they're doing is using anything you give them. They're using it to batter you, to beat you, to weaken you, to poison you, to enslave you. I don't know if that bums you out or if that goes, fires you up and goes, oh yeah, that's it. Now I know a path. I can chart a course that actually is going to the root cause of these issues that they claim we're going to go to the root cause of it. Yet everything they do is to poison the roots that would provide for the food and nutrition. You know, if it really wanted to solve hunger, bully pulpit, everybody start growing your own food. Now, everybody grow your own food now and see what happens. Then you all have started growing food. You know what I'm talking about already. 
Okay, talking about government, we're going to come back and maybe we'll talk about the three branches that most people don't even know about anymore in America. Is that a nutritional issue or is that an indoctrination issue? We've got a whole lot more to do on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hour two coming up, you, me, and Super D. And I mean you. You're in the chat room. We'll take a look at what's going on there. Maybe bring up some things we hadn't planned to cover in the next hour. Thanks for being here. Uh, support us through the uh, Patreon uh, network we have. We've moved the next AMA because we didn't realize we had double booked ourselves. There's another cardio miracle webinar on that day. Super Don will, when we come back from this break, we'll let everybody know to mark their calendars for that next one as well. And hope to see you there. And I hope to see you in the next hour. We just got a, a moment break at the top of the hour for some uh, extra breathing <laughs> and a little education too. And we'll be back because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. One of those times, you know what I was talking about living in the future. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm distracted by myself today a little bit because, you know, tomorrow I head out to the U.S. Health Freedom Congress and this starts an absolute, I, how do you say it, a barrage of events over the next six to eight weeks, one after the other, after the other, after the other, whether it's traveling, whether it's in the home studio, whether it's in uh, other studios that I've got to travel to. And I'm not complaining by saying this. That's not the point. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I have and that we have to communicate uh, to whole new audiences and empower them uh, with information that they're not getting in many other places, certainly not like this. And I look at just the incredible amount of things we've had to like even reschedule. Like Super D, you noticed that I wasn't aware of this, that our AMA this month was scheduled, you know, weekday. I think we we're going to go for a Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. And you're telling me. Yep. The 28th, you were telling me September 28th, we also have a Cardio Miracle webinar. <laughs> We've got webinar. a Cardio Miracle webinar on the 28th. So uh, there's no way that it would have worked because the the cardio, the, the webinar starts at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. And the AMA would have started at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. So it's like... No, it wouldn't. Or no, excuse me, 5 o'clock. They would have started at the same time. So yeah. It, yeah, it would not have would not have worked. So, so we, we got to reschedule for what? The 29th? We, we bumped it one day, so it's going to be Thursday the 29th. Okay. Sorry for anybody that counted on that Wednesday, but we, we double yeah, booked. We're, I'm we're just, just looking we're obligated, at, and we don't, you know, look, we don't want to, we don't want to miss a cardio miracle webinar. Yeah. I just, uh, I sent you an image I got from Jamie Dorley at Nutritional Frontiers. I'm yeah. part of the Weiner Wellness Week education forum. I'm go full screen on that. And I was just looking at the time frame. Can you, can you read when mine is that I'm doing with them? Uh, September 29th at 11 a.m. So that same day, we're gonna, I've got, and also that day, that's 11 a.m. Eastern time, by the way. Right. That same day, That'd I'm be scheduled. be 9 o'clock uh, your time. Yeah, that same day, I'm scheduled at 10.30 to be in a local studio to do another. Um, it, this is someone who's interviewing me for their podcast. I think it's the, the other side of addiction guy, which we had on this show, which was really oh, good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that day is going to be crazy. Wow. I just think about that. And that's not even the out-of-town stuff. You know, we talked about this <laughs> week, the Minnesota event. Son if you go to the upcoming events tab, I'm afraid to look at it now. <laughs> well, I, um, 
Uh, let's take a look and see what's going on. Yeah. Here. Uh, let's see. Upcoming events. There we go. That's what I was looking for. So it is updated from what I did the other day. Okay. Um, I didn't put the Weiner Wellness thing in there yet. Yeah. Now so that's. I a, just it, got that from you. So I just got that. Yeah. Still looking at a cup. Just got just two days from now. The yeah. U.S. Health Freedom Congress. Right, and I've got a great episode of the Sacred Fire of Liberty tomorrow. So it is a new episode with Jonathan E. Moore that's happening despite my travel day. And then we've got the 13th annual U.S. I say annual 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress that I hope you can attend. Uh, I want to thank uh, Synergy Science is sending up a couple of the Echo Goes to give away. There'll be like a prize drawing. Uh, my buddy Phil uh, with uh, uh, Relax Mate Sauna he has out of Ohio is donated one of his saunas as well to give away. Um, sovereign Silver has sent up Sovereign Copper for every bag, every attendee. It's going to get some Sovereign Copper. And I will have the Echo Water, the, the Hydrant Water from Paul. I'm going to be set up there to make sure everybody drinks purified hydrogen water from Echo, Synergy Science. So remember, RSB15 is the discount code if you want to get that. Best deal anywhere. And as you go down on the upcoming events, the, I'm going to bypass the online. You can read about the online events. I just want to tell you about where I'm going to be. The week of the 4th of October, I know we have the weekend, the 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Hyatt Regency Orlando with Terry and Stu Warner and many of our friends that are going to be together for the Wellness Parenting Revolution and Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. But the 4th, I'm going to be at Chamberlain's Lake Mary Store, 7 o'clock Eastern time, 4th of October, free live lecture. I'll also broadcast, maybe, no, that day I'm going to broadcast from the, uh, uh, what's the store? It's halfway between Orlando and Tampa. Um, I can't remember at this moment. Eventually we'll get it up there. And then on the 5th, I'll be lecturing at the East Colonial Store in Chamberlain, 7 p.m., maybe broadcasting live from that store as well, East Colonial in Orlando, the 5th of October. And that will lead me into the uh, Hyatt Regency weekend with Terry and Stu Warner. And then we've got the Health Freedom Expo, the 15th and 16th, Saturday, Sunday, that's uh, Tinley Park Convention Center. And what a reunion that's going to be. Amazing folks going to be joining us. We just learned that Cardio Miracle is going to be with, there with me as well. And uh, we're going to have a great time. Super Healthy Lung Summit is online. I'm part of that. Then we've got the, the October 22nd, a big health freedom event in Pittsburgh, PA, just outside of Pittsburgh. Technically, it's uh, Western Pennsylvania. It's uh, Beaver Falls. James Lyons Weiler, Dr. Jack will be there. I'll be speaking with him and Scott Shoemaker, our, our good buddy Scott. I haven't seen him in a while. That'll be fun. And many others. And there's a, apparently a really brilliant musical artist that's going to perform there, Bryn Marie Himes. Looking forward to meeting her. She seems awesome. And then we've got other events, but the Red Pill Expo is coming up. But this is the thing we learned yesterday. Clay Clark invited me to speak at his uh, Reawaken America tour in Branson, Missouri, which would fall between... The Pittsburgh event. It'll be November 4th and 5th. And the Salt Lake event. Yeah, November 4th yeah. or 5th. And the Red Pill Expo is the 12th and 13th in Salt Lake City. So we're going to, I, I got to figure all this stuff out. Do you understand why I'm <laughs> like having trouble living in the present at the moment? Yeah. With all these Are events you kind of distracted a little bit there? I, I am. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. So, like, cut me some slack when I forget how to speak. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, crazy times, but good as well. Opportunities abound, and I would say take take a, uh, take those opportunities to heart because you just don't know what they're going to pull, what stunts the bad guys are going to pull to try and limit our travelability, our interaction with each other. 
And the more we can get out there and see one another, support one another, I think the harder it will be for them to implement their dastardly World Economic Forum type plans. So uh, let's come together. All right. uh, Just briefly on the uh, governmental side of things, this is not surprising, but Americans in 2022, 25% can't even name the three branches of government. What is it? Judicial, (laughs) executive, legislative, right? Those three. Yeah, that's uh, the stuff we learned in school. But it, they don't right. learn it anymore, apparently. It's down 10 points from the previous year. 47% of respondents know all three branches of the government. That means over 50% don't. That, that Just stunning. You don't even know mm. how your government... That's, and that's how they convince people that we should be socialists, communists, uh, you know, anything like that. You've got the kids. You've, you've captured the kids for generations. One and, in four people could not name any of the branches at all. Wow. None. Zero. Yeah. So why, pray tell, does anybody send their kids to government indoctrination centers? And I will say because of the growth of government in the 20th century, these indoctrination centers became the de facto daycare centers for kids because one, one parent could not stay home anymore because you had to have two parents to pay the cost of government just to be able to get by as government grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And the tax burden became higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, despite the fact that the burden isn't technically yours unless you are induced into an artificial reality via enumeration to become marked, so to speak. That's why I bring that up from time to time to consider. Now, Super Don is nice to me. Occasionally, he allows me to bring out my egghead. <laughs> and I admit it. I'm a science nerd. I like science. I, I enjoy genuinely learning about the world around us above us outside of us inside of us all of that and i don't hate science you're a homeopath robber of course you hate science there's nothing scientific about homeopathy oh yeah energy that's right energy there's no science to energy matter can't convert into energy and vice versa oh no that's not scientific at all morons Yeah, any kind of inquiry, sincere inquiry, asking a question. Hey, I wonder why. I wonder how. I wonder if we can conduct experiments to determine why or how. Or I wonder in the absence of those, let's say, clearly controlled experiments, could we report on things we observe in life and go, ooh, that's interesting. I'm not sure how that worked, but something worked because I was here, I did these things, and I ended up there. And that there is way better than that over there. Talking about my journey into healing involving what? Switching my food to organic, mineralizing my body, drinking water instead of soda. What else? Well, yeah, utilizing the remedies of creation, whether they be herbal. How about homeopathic? Converting those things from the mineral kingdom, plant kingdom, and animal kingdom into homeopathic form and applying them and seeing tremendous change in my body and in many bodies minds, spirits, that I've helped since that time. And many of you have witnessed that as well. Oh, that's not scientific because we can't explain how it works. Well, you can't even explain what Alzheimer's is, you medical morons. I'm not kidding. you got to check this article out, a science alert article under the health topic, Alzheimer's might not actually be a brain disease, according to the latest expertise. They're questioning the entire premise of Alzheimer's being the beta amyloid plaque creation. That's the cause of it. We got to have drugs to reduce that. We've already covered that the original studies upon which the entire 
scientific, if you can call that, endeavor to find drugs or drugs, all based on a falsehood. Bogus studies, studies that cannot be replicated or reproduced. How many times has that happened? Here's another example, as I'm I'm not going to abandon Alzheimer's here. But one of the things that I first came out with in 1999 when we opened up the microphones for Jumpstart Your Health way back when in Atlanta. My mom was there. My mentor was there. And we would often talk about cholesterol not being the cause of heart disease. And you, at that point, it was like, what are you talking about? Of course, cholesterol causes heart disease. Get on a statin drug. Get your cholesterol tested. And our point was like, well, if your cholesterol is elevated compared to what normal, who knows what normal is because they never tested your ancestors for the last generations to find out what your normal level is, which is different from your neighbor, maybe even your brother, sister, and cousin. And you find out, oh, it's high. What does that even mean? Cholesterol is so critically necessary for brain and neurological function. Interestingly enough, I'd say, hey, maybe having higher cholesterol will protect the brain from whatever you think Alzheimer's is or dementia is. Yeah, in fact, that's been proven to be true as well. Fat is not your enemy. Healthy fat is critical for brain and neurological function, endocrine function, all of these things. Now, if we recognize that they were wrong, we've been lied to about Alzheimer's as well. I'm not going to abandon the things that I know that damage brain and neurological integrity, including aluminum and mercury, things like that. Deficiencies in selenium and silicon and copper. Yes, I recognize all of that, but every bit, every ounce, if you will, of NIH or NIAID grants, since they said it's beta amyloid plaque, pretty much went there with a rare exception. So the funding of science is based on politics and economics, not necessarily an endeavor to find an answer wherever that answer might lead or whatever that answer might lead us to in the next level of scientific inquiry or conducting studies. So what are they saying if Alzheimer's might not actually be a brain disease? What are they saying it might be? Well, now they're talking about immune system responses. They're talking about something to do with immune function. Whether they claim it's dysregulation or appropriate, they tend to want to look at dysregulation, but they're talking here about immune response. And they're actually saying Alzheimer's is an autoimmune disease. The money shot here that really, Super Don, you saw this and said you you knew I would love this article. We believe that beta amyloid is not an abnormally produced protein, but rather is a normally occurring molecule that is part of the brain's immune system. It's supposed to be there. Is that a mic drop moment? You mean all this time... We were investigating and promoting dangerous experimental drugs that did not show actual any improvement in symptomology. And we said, well, but it's beta amyloid. It doesn't matter if we don't see improvement in symptoms. We know it's that. Why do we know? Well, look at those studies. Oh, you mean the bogus studies? That they eventually have to retract? That the beta amyloid plaque is part of the immune response, part of the immune system. That when a brain trauma occurs, when there are bacteria in the brain, beta amyloid, key contributor to the brain's comprehensive immune response. Now, they say that's when the problem begins. The question is, what do they mean by that? Is that now they're going to blame the immune response as the cause? Because it's much like cholesterol, as they claim it's the cause of heart disease when it's not. But if it oxidizes or if there's ongoing chronic inflammation and injury due to 
uh, malnutrition, deficiencies of minerals that protect integrity of organs and systems, including the vasculature. Deficiencies, how about too much of metabolic waste that the liver is not able to handle? Therefore, even a metabolic waste like uric acid can create inflammation within the vascular system, necessitating the patching and repairing that cholesterol helps to bring and deliver, all the while would promote regeneration of healthy new tissue, except for the fact that you don't know that you're poisoning your body with every bite of Lucky Charms, which is on the good list from the government's compass to tell you and your kids what to eat. Induced disease by government by government underheads or by those who own and control government and government institutions and the funding for research that shows exactly what those industries want you to see that leads you to take the things that require their products to be utilized. Chronic progressive loss of brain dysfunction related to dementia as well, because the body's immune system, they say cannot differentiate between bacteria and brain cells. I would dispute that, but if you've got a bacterial issue in the brain, There are massive terrain issues, massive terrain imbalances, massive inflammation that precedes it. Remember autoimmunity. When we talk about the immune system attacking the cells of self, wrongly thought to be a malfunction or a dysfunction of the immune system. Your immune system's gone crazy. It's gone haywire. Can we give it a straitjacket? Oh, maybe we should do anxiety screening for your immune system. All adults should be anxiety screened for your immune system because your immune system is in anxiety. That's why it's doing that. Well, maybe arguably it could be in some state of anxiousness because of the preceding ongoing chronic inflammation due to toxicity deficiency and all the things that it encompasses. Now, this does not disregard, in my view, worldview of health and healing, wrongheaded beliefs whether it be emotional, mental, economic, political, or spiritual, but a lack of knowingness, for instance, of who you are and why you're here. And so many people spend much of their adult lives in full cognitive capacity, and they don't know who they are, and they don't know why they're here. So it could be argued spiritually that Alzheimer's is a manifestation of something that you didn't know your whole life and suddenly it manifests and you really don't know who you are or even that you're here. I know that gets a little esoteric for some of you, but these are things are manifesting in more and more people. And yes, I can argue it's a deficiency of selenium and silicon and copper, and it's too much what mercury and aluminum and all these things. Dehydration plays a role. You're not producing enough nitric oxide. You're not on cardio miracle, which will help facilitate normal oxygenation of the brain and everywhere in the body. Nutrient delivery, uh, waste product cleansing, cleaning. All of that's real too. But does it start there or is that just one manifestation of not knowing who you are, not knowing why you're here, and therefore you become subject to the whims of people who want to own and control you? If you know who you are and why you're here, how could anybody own and control you? Unless you say, I'm here to be owned and controlled, Robert. Smart Alec. I could hear Super Don thinking. That's not what he believes, but I could hear him thinking that. But think about that manifestation over time where you have chronic inflammatory cascades to deal with an ongoing issue that this even recognition that Alzheimer's is not caused by beta amyloid plaques, it still negates any discussion or potential research 
into things that create ongoing chronic inflammation and cause the immune system to have to overreact or react and react and always be on and always be on to the point where, yeah, there is little or no differentiation between the things the immune system is supposed to respond to or react to and then your own cells. Because where does one end and the other begin when they are so infiltrated with toxic poisons and heavy metals, persistent organic pollutants, et cetera? hydrogenated oils, trans fats, and then also the corresponding deficiencies that cause cellular dysfunction that create altered cells that don't really appear to the immune system as self anymore because they become, become so corrupted due to toxicity and deficiency. See the theme keeps going up, keeps coming around here. So kudos to the folks that are saying that it's a immune issue, not disagreeing with it, but the immune system can differentiate between bacteria and brain cells. The problem is it's more complex than that. It's not about whether it's a bacteria or a brain cell. It's about what's in that brain cell or what's not in it. How corrupt has it become through either means that it no longer represents or is recognized as self because it's so altered by the human controlling the body, by feeding it wrong, by drinking it wrong. By believing wrong things, overwhelming the cell's intelligence to the point of, I'm screaming at you here, right? You got a symptom. Your body's telling me, don't, don't do that. And your doctor's saying, do more of this, which is even worse than what you were doing before that caused the problem. Temporarily took away the symptom by shutting out or pulling the warning light out of your car like a mechanic does. Oh, all good now. Lights out. You don't see it. It's fine. Engines, never mind till it craps out you're done the immune system yes very complex very intelligent i don't think the immune system ever goes awry in in a sense because of it's gone wrong it's gone haywire it's gone wild it needs to be put in a straitjacket. that's what prednisone and steroids do what we need to do is restore integrity to self and that also comes back to, the, again, the spiritual sense of self. Who are you? Why are you here? Do you have a mission or a purpose in life? Have you identified what it is? Are you living it to its fulfillment? And granted, those things can change over your lifetime, but wherever you are, or are you subject simply to being a victim of all of the bad news that's out there right now? Despite the fact the good news is all of that's happening to wake your ass, sprint up, <laughs> to help you see that you don't have to contribute to that anymore. You don't like it. Don't contribute to it. Do something different or differently. All right. Uh, did I go egghead enough or not enough there, Super D? We're like an hour oh, and a half good. into the show already. You're good. Yeah, I'm I know. Good. It's flying by today, isn't yeah. it? It is moving fast, just you and me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if there are any comments about my perspectives on autoimmunity and Alzheimer's. Based on a little bit of good news, I'd say within the scientific intelligentsia to acknowledge what we've just pointed out. But again, they only go part way there. Only go part way there. They're never going to come back because the, it, the profitability is no longer there. If they can find another adru- a drug to address the immune response that they're going to say, oh, it's the immune response. Never the fault of the corrupted cells, the deficiency or the toxicity, because all of their solutions will be, remain toxicity and drive you into further deficiency. That's where the profit is. Creation of disease. And if you don't create it, make sure they don't understand how it was created. And let's continue to sell them the stuff to manage it till you die. That's not cynical. That is actually the way their business model works. And then you die. <laughs> the end. Thanks, Robert. 
No, then you begin a different journey. That's a different journey altogether. So thank you all for being here. I hope you're enjoying the show. It's not too much, too intense. Everybody good? Gretel is geeking out over here, RSB, she says. Bring on the nerdy science. Gretel is my science nerd buddy, friend. Thanks, Gretel. That's very kind of you. I got one person that likes it anyway. I'll go with that. Everybody else fell asleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, I could just tell. That was this, yeah. and it, to me, that was that. That actually was uh, yesterday's story. We just mm-hmm. didn't get to it. Yeah, and I knew looking at that, I was just like, "Oh boy, here we go." Yeah, this is you know, this is gonna. This is kind of when I told you so. Yeah, right. You know this this kind of story. I love to cover Super D. You know that. I know you know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, you know, if we did this all the time, I, I just don't know that we could get away with it because you know there's segments of our audience that just they they geek out yeah. on different things. No, you're I right. Gotta recognize. We broadcast. Try, try and mix broadcast. it up. Yeah. Try and mix it up. Yeah. Try and mix it up. Cleo. Miss yeah. Cleo. Remember Miss Cleo from, yes, from Ms. back Cleo. in? Remember? Yeah. Take your aluminum and forget it. There you go. Or if you're in, in, in the UK Health Radio, take your aluminum and, and forget aluminium. it. Aluminum, yes. Yeah. These are the things that create the inflammation and damage. Ula's still awake but cooking? Oh, okay. So that's why she's not participating. She's cooking. Okay. Oh, Nuula's she did me, ask. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I see that. You can put that up on screen if you want. <laughs> when is your Neil Diamond cover band tour? Tour. Hey. Look, I, I'm, not, I'm under no delusions that I'm awesome, but I really appreciate the kind. I mean, it has been mostly very kind, and ama- people were amazed by my rendition of Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline with uh, Rachel's band No Limits. I had no practice. I have no formal vocal training. I'm reminding you of this. And it was like, didn't practice with the band and did it. And I'm like, if I listen to it, I'm like, I cringe. I'm like, I don't think, I don't hear what you guys are hearing, but thank you for that. And yeah, I, would I mind doing like joining a band and singing all Neil Diamond all the time? No, I'd have a blast doing it. I grew up doing that, not with a band, but it's just fun. Just fun. And find those things, find those moments of joy in the midst of it. I may not be ever doing a tour with a Neil Diamond cover band, but you never know. Could happen. I'm cer- I certainly can't sing yes songs to any degree. I was impressed. I was super impressed. impressed. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Now you know earlier you were talking about what you got going on coming up here next week. Yeah. And um uh Pat uh-huh. had a had a comment there. She says uh Oh, RSB has anxiety, guard the gun. <laughs> are you having some, are you experiencing some anxiety, Robert? Well, I would call it a good kind of anxiety because, you know, I, I would be dishonest to say that I'm not pleased that there is so much going on that we get to do that I get to do. I'm really happy about that. The same time I'm human and I go, oh, my gosh, I got to steal myself for that pace. And thankfully, you know, all the workouts that I do, the food that I eat, all of these things help me sustain myself better than many years before. Even as I was learning about this earlier in the years when I was traveling, I was much more vulnerable. I was much more weak in terms of if I traveled, you remember those days you were with me, you know, 15, 16 years ago, I'd come off of a trip and I'd be absolutely destroyed. Oh yeah. We'd have to take days off. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and so I I have to say that, you know, as I look back on that, these are little litmus tests. You can look back and go, am I stronger? Am I the same? Am I weaker? And I have to say, I'm not, I'm not cocky about it, but I do recognize that I have strengthened my body in many ways by living this lifestyle for a long time. And even 
pushing my body harder and harder with the athletic endeavors that I do, you know, with the, with the workouts, they've strengthened me to be more resilient and to take on those times where I don't have total control of my environment that would normally, I'd be, I'd be tatered by the time I got back. And I'm not saying it won't happen again. I'm just saying, I'm grateful that I appear to be stronger via the things that I'm doing and I've learned from it. And hopefully that's a lesson for all of y'all to go, you know what? Exercise is good too. <laughs> it can really help. Even if you don't do everything else perfectly. And I can't do everything. No one can do everything perfectly, but every little bit you do in that direction is going to help. All right. How about All sleep? Right. Are you, are you losing sleep over, Ooh. over the year? Your, well, uh, you know what? When I do lose sleep is when I have a super early morning flight. I cannot get myself to sleep. I've taken loads of CBD and stuff. It's like, it doesn't overwhelm my body's or my mind's power and going, if you fall asleep, you won't wake up in time and you're going to miss your flight. Okay. So there you go. I got a weakness. You found it. And I have would try the that, sleep time from nutritional frontiers. Actually, I haven't, you know what? I'll have, I'll have to try that tonight. If we have some, that's a good idea. It's a real good idea. But research shows that guess what? Something I've been saying, Oh, you got the sleep time there. Hey, can you hand me one? Can you just here, hand it to me. It wait, 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 work. which way, which way, this way. Ah, <laughs> I can't, it's not coming through. Anyway, if we have some sleep time, I'm going to take it tonight. See yeah. what happens. Uh, research shows that poor sleep habits are bad for guess what your liver, your liver. I had one of the, uh, millennial moms at the gym. Finally, some, somebody else was talking about liver health and she brings that up at the gym. I'm like, hello, what have I been saying? And she just laughs. I'm like, all right, here's what you do. Cause she was asking about certain things. When, when should I take it morning or night, whatever. And they said, look, the liver is more active while you sleep. You got to have deep sleep. Make sure you're sleeping well. That's when it detoxifies. That's when regeneration happens. And here's an argument that I agree with. And it's an article at Natural News. We've linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. If you have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, excess deposits of fat accumulate in your liver, on and on. And we, we hear about this. Uh, according to health experts, it always makes me pause, but at least 25 to 30 percent of American adults have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That may be an underestimate, but that's pretty significant. That's pretty bad. But why? What does it have to do with sleep? Researchers who conducted a study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism have found that there is, not to me shocking, but to them, shocking link between poor sleep and the risk of the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. If you don't sleep well, you don't regenerate well. You don't detoxify well. Therefore, the liver is accumulating things. It's not metabolizing efficiently and appropriately. Now, we know we need selenium. That's critical for the production of what? Glutathione, the peroxidase form. NAC, people are into N-acetylcysteine. Make sure that you have adequate selenium if you're doing that or else it doesn't convert fully. That's not efficient. So selenium is very critical. Chromium is very critical for liver health. Many people have encountered milk thistle and dandelion. We've got so many things that are beneficial to the liver and the liver can regenerate going back to Chinese medicine and herbs and Ayurvedic medicine and herbs, homeopathy. That's where I got my start with the drainage principle, heal the liver and all healing becomes possible. Liver degrades in function. All disease becomes inevitable and sleep plays a role there. Now, some of the sleep disruption could be caused because the liver is disrupted and or the pancreas is not functioning as well because of the lack of chromium for instance and you end up with a, a nighttime hypoglycemic episode and you wake up and you're like, "Oh, I'm sweating, I'm hungry. I, uh, how come I can't sleep?" or you're just disrupted and you wake up 2, 3, 4 in the morning and that could be right in the middle of a, a you know, a liver cycle and you're congested and you're like, "Oh, I don't know why am I waking up?" 
anxious, etc. And that's why you support your liver. Typically, before I go to bed every night, I do something, whether it be a homeopathic drainage remedy, whether it be an herbal remedy, something that would support the liver. And I think we cannot do enough of that, quite honestly. Now, they say that if you snore, you might not sleep as well. That increases the risk of this NAFLD by 59%. Uh, so trying to breathe through your nose, it would be a, a good thing. I had problems with that much of my life. Uh, have a late bedtime. If you go to bed too late, you miss that cycle, that important cycle. And if you nap for over 30 minutes, they say it increases your risk by 17% because it might disrupt your actual deep regenerative sleep at night. I think that's interesting. And Super Don, you were saying sometimes you'll nap for an hour. We got to we gotta cut those nap times down if you're doing that. Don't go over 30 if you believe this. You know, I do the sitting on the couch going, I'm not going to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. I'm not asleep. What are you talking about? Yeah, I saw what was going on on TV. You don't have to rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy thing. Right? I, you know, that me happens at the end of the day if, if my wife and I are wanting to watch something. And uh, I am just dead to the world at that point not because i'm chronically ill like it used to be but because i've worked my body as well not just doing the stand-up show two hours a day plus but by getting in to do that intense workout and really work my body it's like not equivalent not the same but it kind of mimics what life would be like when we were all hunters and gatherers and farmers we'd work the land every day and our bodies we use them and at the end of the day it wasn't hard to fall asleep because we use the body Many of us are not tired because most of us, what, do this all day mm. or this all day. And it doesn't require much. And so at the end of the day, your body's going, well, when are you going to get us to work, right? When do we get to move and be utilized? And so that's a big part of it as well. Uh, we can get into a lot of sleep stuff. We've talked about sleep stuff over time. There's some good, good tips in here. I'm not even going to go through them in terms of uh, uh, honoring the time we have together. Uh, let's see. What is the next story here? Anything? Oh, you know, just a real quick reminder. Again, I'd like to shout out to Orange Guard and also uh, the IGF One Plus. When I do my workouts in the morning, I'll either do my sprays before or after the workout once a day. You can do twice a day if you want to accelerate it, but you can go to uh, keystolife.shop, use the code BELL to get a significant discount. There may be a buy one, get one free deal. Usually good stuff that they have their options there as well. And uh, so check that out. Remember orangeguard.com. Oh, there it is. Buy one, get one free. 50% off all Neutronics Labs products. We have banners, right, in the show notes every day or on the side of the, the page mm -hmm. at robertscottbell.com. Yeah, there you go. right over here on the side. In fact, yeah, I mean, you can see here, you got the Super Healthy Lung Summit. There's a Red Pill Expo. Mm -hmm. There's a link uh, to Nutritional Frontiers for the uh, September Focus that they're doing right now, 15% off, plus an additional 15 if you use the, the RSB15 yes. code. And there's the banner there for the uh, IGF one. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for making sure that that is there as well. Let me see where we are here. In there, how's the uh, chat room doing here? Poor sleep habits. Question of the day. Some of the vitamins. Okay, here we go. I see where we're going. Do you want to do the question of the day, or do you want to go into the woman? In this one's going to upset me. The woman injured by a Pfizer shot. Really, when I read it, I was. Well, let's take it. Let's take it. Yeah, let's 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 uh, let's do a question of the day first. Okay, you want to cue it? Okay. All right, it's on the screen, but if you scroll down into today's show notes, you'll also see the question of the day. Uh, this is from Bill. Bill's been asking a lot of questions, I, and I'm not annoyed. I like Bill. I, you know, students that ask questions, and I don't mean Bill as a student, but you know that concept of uh, questions in, in class. Sometimes you're the annoying one. Remember that one student that always raises their hand? <laughs> and I'm not. And the teacher's going, anybody else but Jimmy? Any, right. Anybody else but Jimmy have an answer? 
They often do not like those questions. I do. And I think it's great when people ask questions. And remember, there are no such thing as stupid questions, only stupid people. Okay? So remember that. Wait, is that political? That was a horrible thing to say, wasn't it? Hmm. That was really mean. All right. Joke. Just kidding. Maybe not. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm trying to stay as natural as possible. Consequently, I am doing a lot of reading. I read an article that stated that vitamins that have words that have the following are to be avoided. A-T-E, for example, like palmitate. Words that have I-D-E or D-I or calciferol. Do you agree? Thanks, Bill. Well, you know, there, here's the, it's an interesting question and it's, how would we say this? There are certain things like uh, chelated, we call that synthetically chelated minerals. Now, there's a lot of argument that there are forms of minerals that you can take in the chelated form that seem to work better than non-chelated forms, right? I don't expect that if you have minerally rich water, which contains, well, conductive things, there's conductivity associated with that. There may be arguably benefits for the body, but normally we bring our minerals in our body in the organic form that comes in through food. That is, it is chelated in nature, not in a lab that man created to kind of synthesize it and mimic it. Now, I, I, I do not dispute the fact that there are measurable changes in the presence of some of these things, even the synthetics, but they aren't the same, you know, like uh, vitamin uh, E, right? A lot of vitamin E over the years, the studies on vitamin E said it increases lung cancer. And yet you find out that they use the synthetic form. You have the uh, alpha tocopherol, the alpha tocopherol, the different things. So I would say you can investigate very easily and, and let's say bring up one of these things that you're mentioning, uh, Bill, and, and like you probably do, and just do a search on synthetic, or is it synthetic or not? And that'll be a quick reference because sometimes something will have an ATE after it, and it might not be a synthetic version. I'm just saying that there are possibilities in those realms, and I'm not just saying it's unique to that, that it, it would be nice if it's a one-size-fits-all, always the case, but there are always variations in chemistry that you need to learn about in terms of its naturally occurring chemical name based on its components versus, you know, did it come from nature that way? And they've assessed that, or is it an an alteration, a synthetic version that man tried to kind of mimic it the best way he could to then put in a vitamin really cheaply or, or a a, a pill of some kind, and then pretend that it's going to be the same thing. So I'll have to go into, uh, that detail in another time, because I didn't, I didn't pull out all of these things to go here. Let's go through this list right now with you. But suffice it to say, it's so easy to get that information and say, hey, is this a, a, a truly a natural form or a synthetic form? And then we get into the controversy of vitamin C, which I will for a moment pause and remind you, if you take a, ascorbic acid or calcium ascorbate or sodium ascorbate, these are man-made versions of things that they can argue might be part of what they call vitamin C. But in reality, if you go back into the history of the Robert Scott Bell show and the many shows we've done on synthetic versus, you know, real whole food nutrients, uh, you know, I, I particularly remember episodes with Chris Barr, our dearly departed friend, not a doc, also Morley Robbins. Uh, and we, and the, the most detailed one we did with was, was with Chris going back to the whole history of what vitamin C was when they said it cured scurvy on the ships of old as they were throwing all the lemon and orange rinds into this. It, was, it became a whole mix of things. And to say that it's one thing boiled down into ascorbic acid, which by and large is made via GMO sugar 
in labs like, you know, BASF, pharmaceutical labs, for instance. It is not the same thing, yet arguably you could say, yeah, one component of C could be isolated and we say it's that, but it's not that in total. And so uh, we could get into really nasty arguments with people that say, oh, it's the same thing. And I don't argue that there isn't a measurable change to the body that is even given in IV doses of ascorbates, for instance. But it's semotherapy. It's kind of allopathic medicine light. And if that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. I'm, I'm a freedom guy. But I tend to do things with selenium that it would take grams of C to maybe do. That's why I emphasize the minerals more than the so-called vitamins. Even though, yes, I know we need A, right? Uh, okay, uh, pause for that. I don't want to get lost in this and, and go all eggheady too far into this. Um, have I shown enough emotion today? Because if not, I'm going to cover this article, this next article. <laughs> well, we've got eight minutes. Okay. Would you? Uh, I don't know that we can really spend eight minutes on the next uh, article. So I could do a uh, short on, version. On the last of it. one. Yeah. But, um, Let's, let's give it a shot here. All right. Uh, this is a story about a woman who had previously existing heart issues, vascular conditions. Heather Elkins, 45 years old, and she could not get a medical exemption from her, her uh, employer for the COVID-19 mandate. I think, is this out of Canada? No, this is Oregon. This is out of Oregon. Yes, it a is. A Canada light. Oregon Department of Health and Human Services turned her down for an application for uh, an, uh, an exemption for the COVID shot. She tells the defender all state of Oregon employees were mandated by Governor Kate Flush It Down Brown to be fully vaccinated for COVID-19 or meet a qualifying exemption. And she had a qualifying exemption, clearly. Pre-existing heart events? Yeah. Hello? But guess what? The doctors were reluctant to give her any exemption. They were afraid for their licenses. Oh, my gosh. So they were told there really isn't an exemption in such circumstances. Even though she knew there was a problem that could be a problem, and they were not providing her away. So she eventually had to decide between her job uh, or not to get the job. And so despite all of the denials by even a cardiologist who said, yep, no problem. We're not advising you whether you should or shouldn't. I mean, come on, really? We read the reports from the word go and could see that any medical moron should be able to see that there's a contraindication if you have pre-existing heart events or heart conditions. And so she got her first shot of a Pfizer jab. And within an hour, had nasty effects, began experiencing severe adverse reactions. And, and they thought, well, okay, now can I have an exemption? They're like, nope, can't have an exemption now either. Despite her attempts, she got a second dose, and it was even worse. Severe headaches, severe mul muscle aches, racing heartbeat. See, this is where I say, doctors, you got no excuse here. Don't tell me, oh, I was protecting my license, or they would have fired me. You have, <laughs> you have condemned. By your denial of her exemption, you have condemned her to a life of chronic disease that she may not never recover from. After the second shot, she says, to date, I'm experiencing all the same issues in addition to other symptoms like brain fog, horrible joint pain, pins and needle sensations, painful nerve zaps, shakiness and tremors in my hands and feet, vision issues. At times, some of the symptoms are worse than others, but the symptoms as a whole have been so debilitating daily, I eventually couldn't continue working and have had to go on workman's comp for now. So she wanted to work. She acquiesced to getting two jabs to be able to go. Now she can't work. And she can't sue the vaccine manufacturers. She can't sue the doctors who delivered it, the nurses who delivered it. All of it. She can't sue Kate Brown, the government. Nobody, because of the PrEP Act. Anytime the government absolves an industry or an individual of all responsibility for their actions, you've got evil. 
And that's what we're witnessing now. And these doctors, you know, justice prevails. They should be strung up in the town square, tarred and feathered. And that might not be justice for what they've done to so many who sought to not get the jabs, who are concerned. And this goes all the way back to pre-mRNA shot days. The shots that were called really vaccinations for measles, for polio, for mumps, rubella, for uh, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis. All of those jabs and all of those moms who had an inclination, an intuition to say, there's something that's not right here. Doc, do you think we could delay it or maybe not do this? And the docs, with all of their authoritarian stature and status, said, that's ridiculous. Don't be stupid. You're probably listening to Andy Wakefield, who, by the way, was right. And then they got the shot and their kids were harmed, injured, or even killed. The doctor class, the death inducers of the allopathic medical world should not be praised simply because they're doctors. In fact, they should be condemned because of what they have done as doctors with rare exception. Probably those in this audience who listen regularly, you know what I'm talking about. Cruel and unusual. They talk about that no cruel and unusual punishment. Well, what's been cruel and unusual is the punishment they've delivered on moms and kids and now all people under the COVID scam and the vaccines that are not vaccines, whether they even have mRNA that's active in them, causing such mayhem, destruction, death and dismemberment and chronic debilitating injury that never seems to go away. Shame on you, doctors. Shame on you, nurses who didn't speak up. If you're speaking up now, better late than never. I'm not condemning you to hell. That's between you and God. But what you've done, maybe you spend your life repenting for it and making up for it. There's no excuse. If we could figure it out here, you certainly, with all your medical education and training, could have figured it out, should have figured it out, and maybe even did and ignored it anyway. Look the other way. While what you did cause great harm, debilitation, death, and suffering. And now for the public service announcement of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please, when you cook your chicken, I hope it's free-range organic, but when you do cook it, do not cook it in NyQuil. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. This is not real, right? This can't be real. This is not the Babylon Bee. Apparently, CNN Health is reporting... (laughs) that there are social media challenges showing people cooking their chickens in NyQuil and other yes. medicines. Just to prove this is real, check this out. Another okay. trend is making the rounds now. This one has teens cooking chicken in NyQuil. Obviously, it's dangerous, but the FDA says it has seen enough cases that it was actually forced to issue a warning today. CBS 8's Jenny Day joins us from the newsroom with the message and what local experts have to say to parents about these troubling and just strange trends, Jenny. (sighs) Yeah, you said it. So from the Tide Pod Challenge and now the NyQuil Chicken Challenge, some people (laughs) online are willing to go to great and dangerous lengths all to chase some kind of high. Many videos have appeared on social media showing people cooking chicken in cold medicine. Those antihistamines make most sleepy, but for some, they can cause hallucinations. So is the purpose for cooking chicken in NyQuil just to get the fumes and inhale them? I mean, who some thought people, this would make chicken taste better? Some people. The way that I, I saw this originally, this was, this was uh, this, I believe there was a video that was put on TikTok, and it was done in, as a joke. Mm-hmm. But, you know, come on. 
you, you show this kind of stuff to teenagers and I mean the, the same people that were doing the Tide Pods. Mm -hmm. I, you know, whoever you follows know. this again, I, I talk about there are no stupid questions, only stupid people. I mean, wouldn't that define somebody if they actually went, yeah, I'm going to cook some chicken and NyQuil. I mean, is that mean or is that just accurate? That's really a numb nut thing to do. Take an, a toxic over-the-counter or prescription drug. Acetaminophen, even. They talk about that. That's a liver toxic drug already. And cook the yeah. food in it. The cough medicine thing has been a problem for, actually, for, for a long time because there were kids that will overdose on, like, Benadryl because in some people it will cause them to hallucinate. Yeah. And so that that's, you know, abuse of over-the-counter uh, uh, drugs is not anything new. Yeah. But uh, leave it to TikTok to go uh, take this to a creative level that uh, people did not expect. Yeah. I, I just, so, yeah. 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 It's one of those where I, I, I can't even. Really? Not serious? <laughs> cooking your chicken and uh, NyQuil. Oh, There's a God. lot of ways that you can make Maybe chicken. I do that, I'll sleep tonight. And maybe no, never that's get true. up. I don't want to do that's that. That's true. It might work. Uh, we got some other recommendations coming through the chat room. We'll get to those in the, a moment when we get to the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, remember, the show tomorrow will be new, at least half of it. Jonathan Emore joins me for a very powerful discussion of a lot of topics you'll, you want to tune in for. Uh, and then uh, an encore second hour, I believe, Super Don, you'll have to figure out what to do, what to play. You always yep. pick out something interesting. And then we'll be live from the U.S. Health Freedom Congress on Friday and hopefully be able to record some stuff for Sunday's radio broadcast from there as well with a lot of the people that will be there with us. And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, again, 60-second pause for those of you who are live with us. Remember, sign up for email alerts. Uh, text RSB to 22828. Please share the show. Uh, we don't have uh, large PR agencies doing that. Big Pharma is not happy about the things we talk about, nor does big government or big media like what we do. That's why we've been banned on a number of platforms. But it is... Thanks to you that we're still here. And thank you for considering your support, maybe even directly through Patreon. And uh, we have our next AMA. We've delayed it by a day, uh, the 29th of September, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we'll be back in 60 seconds with the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show because the power to heal is yours. All right, I like some of the uh, suggestions coming in through the chat room on the on the difficulty sleeping before an early flight. I just I just like to think my mind is so powerful it will defeat anything that tries to shut it down. Particularly because normally I, I'm a very good sleeper. My wife knows I'm out, done. You know, I, I don't wake up until it's ready time in the morning. But those, for whatever reason, that's always been a, a you know that Achilles in terms of an area where I'm like, I haven't been able to overcome that with any natural medication. Obviously I'm not going to drug myself with, with synthetics, but I I'm looking at some of the suggestions here. Uh, let's see. Ula says, uh, do Cina homeopathic CINA or coffee, cruda. I'm happy to try these again. Uh, L theanine, a Lori, he's suggested to Lori for insomnia as well. I guess that wasn't direct, but it's all about me. Ula, I'm sorry. But you're helping Lori. God, you're so vain. That's right. I'm not going to sing that. No. Uh, let's see. <laughs> other other suggestions in our chat room. Let's see. Are there any more? Skullcap Scutellaria, Gretel says. Uh, Steven says lithium orotate. 
I don't think I've done lithium orotate. I know that it can help deal with Dude, uh, just things. try the, the nutritional frontier sleep time. It works All right. really good. I got to ask my wife if we have some in stock at home. If I do, I will try it. It's good stuff. It's got... Uh, it has... God, my eyesight's so bad. Um... Gamma amino butyl or something. GABA. Oh, GABA. It's got yeah. GABA in it. Mm -hmm. And it's got glycine, taurine, L theanine, melatonin. You mm -hmm. do okay with melatonin? Yeah, I haven't really ever. I don't, yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure I've taken it, but I don't recall much right. with it. It's got B6 in it. Yeah, it. Um, if I have it, I'll try it and I'll report my back. Son, it my son has has problems with uh, insomnia from time to time, and he said this stuff works great. Yeah, I've I've tried it a couple of times, and it works. It works good for me too. So yeah, remember the fifteen percent off discount, y'all. RSB fifteen, That's get right. the best deal. Let's see. Uh, we we're talking about the three branches of government. Charles says no one mentions the first branch. We the people. Yeah, not many. We the people hanging out anymore. Uh, Gretel lists the three branches of government as crooks, swindlers, and narcissists. Ah. That's a pretty accurate description, I think. Yes. Stephen says, grand jury system has been called the fourth branch of government because it gives the public the legal ability to investigate and prosecute when the government becomes tyrannical. How's that working out much lately? Is that happening? Let me know. I'd love to talk about successes there as well. Uh, let's see. Ah. <sighs> And then, mm -hmm. and then, Sherry Neal, restful mind support from Food Research, 100% whole food. You can probably get that at choosetobehealthy.com. Use the code RSB5. Uh, Michael Bolden says melatonin. He uses melatonin. Oh, my honey says, look what we have. Thank you. Ta -da. All right, you I'm going to try it tonight. See, because yeah. I'm going to use what I have. Take two of them an hour before bedtime. Okay. Yep. It'd be lovely to get a good night's sleep. It's not a super early flight, but it's early enough that I'm nervous about already going, oh, is my night going to be really not easy? I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Two capsules, one hour before bedtime. Let me Thank know you, how Dr. it works. Thank you, Dr. Super Don. Yes. Call me in the morning. It'll be early, Pat but you'll says, be up. Uh, yeah. Pat says, because you, know, you were geeking out on science with Gretel. Yeah. Pat says she geeks out on food talk. Oh, yeah. I just want, you know what I want to talk about all day, all night? My daughter's, it's based on, I think, a recipe handed down to my, my wife by her mom, but this, the blueberry sour cream pie, organic, all organic, it's, uh, it's absolutely out of this world. It was like one of those things where you take a bite and I say, this ought to be illegal. It's that good. <laughs> and it's not overly sweet because we don't overly sweeten it, but it's just beautiful and brilliant and lovely and wonderful. I'm salivating as I speak about it. So yeah, food, food talk is great. What are those pictures that Pat put in the chat room? Popovers? Does it look like it's got yeah. chocolate chips or something on it? Popovers. Popovers. Yeah, like I said, I told Pat, I want to party with you and your baking baked goods. Absolutely. Well, and just so you know mm -hmm. that I do try to on a fairly regular basis in the newsletter. I'll give you yeah. a sneak peek here. Yeah. This was today's newsletter. Hmm. Uh there is the, the poll of the day. Ooh, we gotta do the we'll poll. Get, we'll get to that here in just a second. Okay. Yeah, but as you see, you know, we talk about the uh, cover-up of the adverse effects in Israel. 
Yeah. You got Woody Harrelson. You got the anxiety screening. Mm -hmm. uh, this actually was an interesting article here about a coroner in New Zealand confirming that this guy died from the, uh, the vaccine. Mm -hmm. But then there's things like this here. 13 best fall breakfast ideas. <laughs> Eight sheet pan recipes that fight inflammation. Here's some gardening prepper tips there. Uh, I've never heard of Koji, but there's an article here about somebody who ate it and talked about how great it was on their uh, their gut health. Okay. Uh, you got some fraud going on with organic chickens. Mm-hmm. How about ooey-gooey vegan cookies? Okay. Right? Who does, you know, who does? I'm not into veganism, but vegan cookies are probably pretty good. Yeah. I've been able to eat some of those and be all right. And then at the bottom, we got the, all the last-minute articles here. But I do try, and I don't know, Pat, if you get the newsletter or not, but... Uh, I, I got you covered on on the recipes, nice on, on a fairly regular basis there. Well, she's uh, putting some more food pictures in there that making me making me hungry. Popovers filled with eggs and homemade goat cheese. I'm not a big fan of goat cheese. To me, that gamey taste. It's like in little bits, it can be an accent. We're talking feta, right? Well, I don't know. That's sheep, I think feta, but uh, goat cheese is it? That's sheep my memory cheese? of it. Feta is sheep. It is. Yeah. Somebody can confirm that for us. But the, that just sounds funny. Sheep some people cheese. really love goat cheese. I mean, really love it. I'm like, ooh, when I eat it, I'm like, I feel like I'm right in with the goat and all of their everything. I'm like, ah, that, that's just I me. guess it is sheep's cheese. Yeah. Well, it's a mixture. Can be a mix. So, sometimes it can be a mix of sheep and goat's milk. But yeah. I like feta. Feta's good. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't mind it when it's like an accent, but when it's like the main thing, I'm like, it's overwhelming to me. Too much, huh? To me, yeah. Yeah, but Pat still, I probably enjoy that. I, I love what Pat does with food, dude. It's crazy. <sighs> okay, so uh, let's go to the getting more suggestions as you're getting over there. Lori says kratom red relaxation. Yeah, I could yep. try that too. Uh, I like it. That kratom. might have more of an effect on you, like an after effect, though. I think. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my wife really swears by it. She does really well with John Bush's The Kratom Red Relaxation. Amazing stuff. All right, so poll of the day. A government panel has recommended anxiety screening for all adults under 65. Do you agree? Yes, no, not sure? Oh, man, that's an easy one. Yeah, survey says. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, if it wasn't that dominant, I would be thinking who. Ninety-six percent said, "Heck, no," and yeah. for good reason. Absolutely, you guys for are good awesome. reason. And you know, it's 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 not to discount the fact that people do suffer from anxiety above and beyond just the oh my goodness, I'm kind of nervous about something that's coming up or something. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is a problem, but yeah, you know, uh, if you, you you go over to the Mayo Clinic, I was I was looking that up this morning, and they have, mm -hmm. they they showed two two options for treatment: psychotherapy and drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and I you know I hate to say it, I mean, look, it doesn't mean that cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't work. It does, and it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but way too often. These guys, it's just, you know, when we have covered in the past about the, the, the workload that these doctors have, and it's so much easier to go in there, here, take some, you know, Cymbalta, take some uh, you know, Xanax or, or something like that, you know? And I think it's just if you take everybody under the age of 65 with or without symptoms, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to fall through the cracks um, and are going to end up on 
drugs. I mean, it's just, unless you're just terribly naive, you've got to at least realize that. And so then it makes you wonder, you know, what, what could possibly be, possibly be the motivation mm-hmm. or motivations behind this panel and these people on this panel uh, pushing people in that direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Follow the money on this situation. Yeah. There's exactly. a whole lot more money in, in the drugs than there is in, uh, in therapy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Anyway. More, more food talk. Bolden loves raw sheep. It's about the only kind of cheese I think he can eat. He likes raw what? Raw sheep. He likes he, raw sheep? He eats his sheep raw. What? Yuck. <laughs> He's a raw foodie. No, he's talking about goat cheap cheese like the federal oh okay yeah raw sheep yeah okay pat says her her goat cheese is very mild that's why i probably could handle it some of them are really strong i'm like oh man um let's see cherries 30 minutes before bed dj katie says um before the snow i missed a, a nice uh Apparently a nice comment from Pat on the newsletter. Oh, really? Where did it come in? Uh, into our chat room? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Super Don and RSB just want to say I'm really enjoying today's sheet pan recipes in the newsletter. Oh. We cook that way a lot. We do too, actually. I, we, I, we, I've done a lot of the, the sheet uh, uh, pan meals. Yeah. They're just because they're convenient. Um, it doesn't we make bake it them. Taste, doesn't make it taste like sheet, does it? Sheet, Yes. Very sheeny. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, we cook that way a lot. We bake them on parchment paper, yes. Mm. So we don't See, have to wash the pan. We, we boys do. We don't grow up. We make ourselves laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. It makes me feel good because I do, I do, uh, I get up early to make sure that that gets out in addition to the other stuff that we got to do for the show. And I'm having fun with it. Seems like people are enjoying it. And as always, if you're a subscriber of the newsletter and there's anything that you would like to see th- that you're not seeing or mm-hmm. don't want to see that you are seeing, let me know because um, I want this thing to be you know something that everybody enjoys. And so as time goes on, I tweak it here and tweak it there and stuff. So I appreciate the feedback. Look, I got a text from my friend Dawn, who's a Trinity graduate. She's also a flight attendant. And she said this while we were on the air. So right now in flight. John Hewlett is on my flight to Philadelphia right now. No. Proof that I am truly a flight attendant. Ha. Well, I knew she was a flight attendant. I didn't doubt Dawn there. And they say hi. Uh, I said, make sure you take care of John and tell the whole plane about Cardio Miracle. That's right. Uh, So thanks, Dawn, for that heads up. Uh, That's kind of cool. As a flight attendant, when you see somebody you know or have heard about, have them on the flight. Or if you know the flight attendant on the flight, that always makes the flight really good. Uh, And... Um, that's cool. So John's heading to Philly. I don't know what's going on out there. Hmm. All righty then. And I'm headed to what? Pittsburgh on the 22nd. All right. Now, do we have, do we have uh, Terry and Stu Warner scheduled because we need to get them no. on before the event that I want to promote that I'm going to be at in Orlando. Oh, well, actually, hold on. Let me see yeah. if we do. I never know anymore. And the other person we want to get scheduled is my friend Kristen Chevrier. She has a an event 
in Utah the same weekend I'm in Florida that I've spoken at before. I want to get her on to preview that as well. So I don't know if that's been programmed into the upcoming guest list here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And I need to talk to, remind me, I need to talk to Clay Clark or whoever about that Branson, Missouri event. I have no idea. Can you even fly into Branson or do you have to fly like four hours away and drive? I'd have to guess because Branson's huge. There's got to be a way to to get to Branson um, by plane because there's music acts and stuff going in and out of there all the time. There is a Branson airport, it looks like. Okay. Um, What airport do you fly into for Branson? You would fly into the Springfield-Branson National Airport, SGF. Really? Okay. Yep. That's what it says here. I have to do a search on that. SGF is the little three-letter thingy for that airport. Because that's a huge music uh, uh, area. Okay. You didn't know that? See how you get there. You knew that. Yeah, no, no, I, I did know that. Uh, I'm yeah, just okay. looking at the flights. It's like, holy tamole. Yeah. Uh, let's see. When would it be? It's in November? November 4th and 5th. All right, let's see. Uh, how do I change the the dates of that date grid? Okay, there we go. Let me go into November and see. Just Lori says you spline to you spy. <laughs> you fly into Springfield, Missouri, is what she says. So that would be, I guess, another. Oh, probably, so you don't you don't fly into that little airport? You fly. It into might be cheaper, probably, if it's a small airport. Okay, I'm looking at November fourth. Oh my gosh, seven hundred bucks plus, four hundred bucks plus. Not not cheap, that's for sure. So you have to try Springfield. It'll probably be cheaper because it's. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing it must be a bigger. Airport. We'll look at that. Anybody fly private? Let me know. <laughs> Do you skydive, Robert? If they gave you a parachute and they just kind of flew over, would you? You could just hmm. parachute right into the Red Pill Expo. <laughs> or no, no, it's not. That's the. Into the great, the great awakening. Boy, yeah. that would be an entrance, wouldn't it? That would be stunning. Yes, right. wouldn't it? Not no. going to do it though. I'm not going to jump out a perfectly good airplane. I just that's not me. My son would no. do that. Okay. Turkey makes you sleepy, of course. So that's why I thought they were doing with chicken. They were having the turkey effect by uh, cooking it in Nyquil, turn it into a turkey. That's not it. That's not how it works. I've heard that tryptophan thing is a is a myth. I think you just eat enough that you get so sleepy because you your body, tired, yeah. your body just goes into. Just sit down. Right. You can't do anything. We're trying to digest here. And so that's how it works. <sighs> all right. Well, that's all I've got. All right. So you don't know what you're uh, going to do for the second hour of the show tomorrow. We got Emord, a new event for tomorrow's show. Well, if I, well, let's see. Now, tomorrow's a special thing. It's not a best of of the week. So, no, I don't. Not until I dig into the archives and uh, figure something out. Okay. It'll be something from, something, some probably in the last three years or so, right in there. All right. Should be good. But, yeah, definitely tune in for Jonathan E. Moore tomorrow. It's a gr- another great interview. Really good stuff. And I appreciate all y'all being here again. Once again, remember the AMA switched the day. We double booked, unfortunately. So I apologize for anybody that made plans to be with us on that Wednesday uh, it'll now be on a Thursday. First time we've ever done it on a week Thursday. Week from tomorrow. Evening. Week from tomorrow. And uh, we hope all, all can be there. Make sure that that message gets out to our patron supporters. And mm-hmm. if you all want to be one, when we do these Zooms, they're a lot of fun. Get to see one another, interact with one another. So looking forward to that. So um, 
I don't think I can take enough hemp CBD tonight, so I'll see if I can take some sleep time too. See what happens. <laughs> hmm. You're gonna be okay. I'll be okay. You're gonna. Be I'll be okay. okay. I got to prep. Lots to do. Lots to do. All right, my brother. Take care. Take care, y'all. Again, new show. Half of a new show tomorrow. It'll be great. And even the encore will be awesome. Live from Minneapolis, St. Paul on Friday and Sunday as well, technically. And uh, thanks all for being here. All right. We'll see you again on Friday, huh?